I like Tao. What's up, party people? Here with you with episode 16, I believe it is, of uh, of X1. It is crazy. Give me a minute. I am just uh, doing the announcement. Everyone in the Discord, that we are live. We are live. Join us. Welcome, to YouTube libraries. I'm gonna mention. I love how like it always gives me the count of how many people I'm about to put on blast. We're up to 400 plus people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah. am yep. gonna blast 400 plus people at 10 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> Listen, you knew what you you knew what you signed up for. If they don't have their notifications figured out, that out's on them. Yeah. Exactly. What's up, man? What's going on with you? I'm chilling, dude. Um. Ever since that realization that Triple Rampager plus six carnivores was 1,985 points, um, I've been on it. So I've been like, you know, War Dogs are done, magnetized, ready to roll. Uh, first Rampager, finished that up today, posted in the Discord. It would be way faster if I wasn't such a crazy person about the magnetization. Like, I want them all to be like a little bit like action figures at the table. So like, it pivots at the waist and like sort of goes around. The heads are swappable, the shield thingy, the chest gun, the, like, I make an actual wrist socket for the fist so it can do like that, like all that stuff. Um, but that's all set now, which is dope, and I've got a system now for the others. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty hyped about that. Sweet. Oh, I, forgot to mention, I, I mentioned that uh, we were going to be like a minute or two delayed because you're grabbing a matching shirt. Why don't you... Uh... Yeah, so Clip is wearing his Jet Propulsion Laboratory shirt. I'm just wearing a uh, faded kind of NASA shirt. Uh, we were talking before the we went live. I have like, I so I have a deep, deep love of space exploration, all that kind of stuff, um, and uh, astronomy, not astrology, astronomy, uh, <laughs> especially like, especially uh, um, like physics and that kind of stuff. So I just love that stuff. And I have like an embarrassing large amount of like shirts that just say NASA, like of all sorts. Um, when we were up in, uh, I think since the last episode, we did the, uh, not to derail, which I totally am about to do. We do did a, uh, we went a trip to my old stomping grounds uh, up in the um, like Centerville, um, kind of Centerville, Arlington area. And we uh, went and saw the Air and Space Museum, but the Udver Hazy uh, Annex, which is free, by the way, um, oh, okay. right there by Dulles. And so they had a lot of cool stuff. I grabbed some swag. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me see. Oh, I should get something over here. I grabbed. Oh god, the best plane ever! It's the best plane ever. Okay, we got a little, little oh, boss. Yeah, we got we got all sorts of cool nerd shit here. Um, anyway, sorry, sorry about that. So, anyways, back. Bunch of stuff my desk. Back to you. That's a that's a great tangent. Do you know the book Sled Drivers? I do. I okay, do. I've read it. Yeah, so I have a buddy who, like you, is like a. Aaron Space aficionado. I got him a for his 40th birthday a like first printing autographed copy of Sled Drivers. Um, That's awesome. By the author for it. Yeah, it's like pretty dope. I was like a little bit jealous. Like, man, I wish someone loved me as much as I love you. <laughs> fun, 
fun fact, my uh, my great grandfather on my uh, mom's side worked on. He was a uh, lead designer for the wings for the Blackbird. No, and he he also worked on the X One and the X Fifteen. Ah! Huge part, huge part where like my air and space like love come from. Everything. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you got like a rich family history of like aeronautics expertise. That's awesome. There, yeah, there is definitely some aeronautical history like going on. So like. Um, I, I, I used to like flying, but, um, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't like the small, like little general aviation type aircraft. Mm. I, I think they're, I think they're death traps. Um, and I'm also not rich enough to own like a, like a twin Cessna or a jet or anything. So I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of stuck on the ground. <laughs> oh my God. It's all good. As if from, from what I've heard, even wealthy people are like, yeah, private jets are sort of a waste of money. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why I'm doing it's this. A, but they're cool, but they're very um, cool. Yeah. They're very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, I uh, I went to I went to GW Tampa right after the last show. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, got to meet up with everyone on. Uh, it was a four hour drive. It wasn't too bad though. It was just no no real traffic. It was just went across the Florida Peninsula and uh, like to like Naples, Sarasota area, and then went straight up. No, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it's actually the first time I've been here in Florida for eight years now. It's the first time I've ever been to Tampa. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's a pretty city. And yeah. uh, so I met up with everyone, a bunch of like Art of War Team USA people, a bunch of old friends from like the Burr Hammer days and everything. So just caught up with a bunch of people. Um, then uh, splitting an Airbnb with uh, Jack Harpster. And he was borrowing some of my World Year models. And... We went over there, Jack and I, and we, we went over to the convention center, which is cool because the convention center is like right on the water, and it's like right next to the um, the whatever that pirate ship is, like that famous pirate ship. I feel bad that I don't know the name. <laughs> it's like it's like Sass, it's like or some shit like that, or whatever. But it's right there on the water. It smells like shit, but it's right there on the water, and the um, the convention center is really cool. It's really pretty, and then it's got like a main like highway or road that goes like right through it, you know. So like. We we're like driving around. We're trying to find like parking. There's always one way roads everywhere. And like Jack and I are in this car. We're driving. We drive like through the convention center. We're just like, you know, like <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're just where do we go? We we manage to park. We get up there. Um, pairings go up. I get the CK mirror, um, which is cool. Um, and then exact same yeah. list. Minor tweaks. No, he had, he had he had a. I think he had like one big night, and then like. He had like a big night and some like an executioner or two, and I think like a maybe a Lunot demon. So I was like, okay, well, there's some choices here that I think are like not optimal, but I mean, like it's still perfectly capable of like killing you if you disrespect it. So I was kind of strategizing, and then like like 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by, like the guy just doesn't show up, like you oh. know, yeah. And then um, Justin Curtis walks by, and then like. And he just kind of sees waiting, and then like Jeremy walks by, and he kind of like, gives me a look, and like then he like five minutes by, Jeremy walks by again, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they bring me over to Zach, um, and they get me they get me repaired or whatever, and, and like so new parents go up, I look, and it's World Eaters, I'm like, ah fuck, <laughs> like not a great matchup for CK in my opinion. But then I look at his. Then I look at his. I finally like, I get some service because there's no service in there and like there's no Wi-Fi or whatever. You know, and I managed to like I go out to the mezzanine, get some service, pull up his list, and run back. Um, and it's, two, <laughs> it's two Lord of Skulls, Angron, and three Carnivores. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be. I love awesome. it. Like, what, I was like, I feel. I was like, 
like it's again like if i i was like i was like okay well if i fuck up here like this could go bad but i I see yeah but i like i see like i see like what my path is here you know so i don't know i think i take like homers and bring it down or something like that and he takes i don't even remember what he takes he he takes bringing down something unfortunately he doesn't really have any action monkeys except for the the juggernaut lord with the blessing and then like the jackals and that, that's it so he's kind of like a little bit of loss but i guess this is like his first event and his like fifth game he usually plays like sigmar or whatever but he walks up like wearing um a corn shirt so i'm like all right this guy is like my people yeah so, so we, we, we yeah yeah so we could we could, like i'm like we're comparing like paint jobs in the army and i show him that like my my chaos knights have a bunch of like world eater decals and everything so we're like we're just immediately hitting it off um i don't think i've ever met i don't even, i don't think i've ever met a corn or orc player that like I just couldn't hit it off with right away, you know, like just big dad energy. Yeah, um, that's a bad. Love it. So Love unfortunately, it. at this at this around this exact time, I get a text from Cindy. She just dropped off my kid. She's like, yeah, she's like, I don't, I'm getting like, or like she's getting like my kid ready for for like school or whatever. She's like, yeah, I'm having like I feel nauseous. I've, I'm having like huge cramps. I feel terrible. Gosh. Whatever. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, do you need me to come back? Like I can come back. It's like not a big deal. And she's like, well, your dad's coming over to uh, to drop, you know, Victor off at school. She's like, she's like, after she's like, once she once he picks Victor up, I'm gonna take a nap, try to sleep it off for a little bit. I'm like, I'll let you know. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll have my phone on me on the table. Uh, I'm gonna just go play this game because like we tried to find like they repaired me. They tried to hunt down a guy. I don't, I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. Let me know. And so. The homie and I play our game. It's like he goes first, you know, and basically just not going to get like super deep into the game, but like basically like I had more drops than he did by a lot. So I basically was just putting knights like seven and a half, eight inches apart until he dropped Angron. And then like, he kind of put Angron like off to one side. So I immediately dropped everything else on the other side. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, cool. So if you full send Angron, you're only going to get one knight turn one, you know, and there's yep. going to be like two, three other knights near him. And then like, there's no like critical mass, like do with a gooey center that you can hit. Right. And he, he pre-measures and everything, you know, like, and um, we figured out that it would have been like an eight-inch charge with the bonus and everything. But, like, he decided not to go for it. I'm like, hmm, Corn's going to hate you. Oh, so. really? Oh, man. Yeah, he just kind of pushes up center a little bit, you know? And, like, so turn one, then, like, turn one, I go and indirect just lifts all the jackals and yeah. sticks his objectives. I'm like, good job. And then, but I also pick up, I also pick up Lord of Skulls. And at that point, it's just, like, we pivoted to Hammer and Anvil. Yeah. And, like, he's trying to chase down like the the couple of nights I'm trying to like evac from like what's now his new DZ, you know, Angron's like chasing mm-hmm. him down, you know, and they're just like they're like running backwards like this, you know. <laughs> uh, I think the final score was like ninety nine to fifty or something like that. But he he had a blast. We had a lot of fun. Um, but then I, I checked the phone and like I, I I asked the wife how she's doing. She's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm gonna need you to come back because because uh, we're just starting Friday and now she's got to worry about like Victor. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and she said she's like non-functional. So I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, it's gonna. I'm like, there's a lot of people here because it's like this is like a this is like a hometown kind of major for me, you know. So I was like, it's gonna take me like we're in lunch. It's gonna take me most of the lunch break to say goodbye to everyone. It's gonna take me like 15 minutes to go to the Airbnb, pack up, and leave. I'll be home by like 5 p.m. You know, I'll start leaving now. So I do that all that. I say goodbye to everyone. You know, like hug everyone. Like blah 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 blah. I bounce, get on the road, and 5 p.m., 5.30, I'm back. You know, she she recovers kind of midway the next day, you know, and I just kind of follow the event, you know, like from home. 
Mm-hmm. And she was she was kind of like she's like she's like I feel really bad. I'm like, look, I know you wouldn't have not you would not have asked that like if you didn't mean it. He wasn't and I don't dead. want you. Yeah. yeah, I was like, and I don't want you to ever feel like you have to like hide something from me, you know? But like, because I'm not trying to like be about like that resentment type of life, whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. the nice part is I got brownie points to go to Warzone Atlanta and the Iron Man GT next month. So nice. Yep. And you left. You left the event undefeated. Exactly. When man shows up, ninety nine his opponent. Collaborate. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> and my elo, my elo went up from that. Eight point seven points. Oh, yeah, that's where. Listen, that's that's win. That's win. I drove eight hours and I spent. I mean, not a whole lot, but you know, it's like their BB was cheap. Um, yeah. And then also, but like. Jack obviously was playing with my models, so it's kind of like I didn't realize it till like like till I was watching him on stream. I was like, "Fuck, those are my models." I'm like, "Shit, how am I gonna get those back?" Man? He lives like nine hours away from me. Like, no. Uh, so I met him. Yeah, you'll see him again pretty soon. I'm yeah. Sure. Well, no, I met, no. So actually, I had the models back. I messaged him Sunday because you know he's means well, but he's a younger guy. And I was like, "Look, man, how it is when you got a lot of stuff going on?" I was like, "I'm gonna make this easy." This week, a box is going to show up with your name on it. You're going to open up that box. There's going to be a return label, some tape, and a whole bunch of bubble wrap. No <laughs> go, go nuts. Yeah. So <laughs> I just made it real easy for him, and my model showed up safe to sell today. So that was that was cool. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I mean, when the bat signal goes up from the significant other, you gotta you gotta follow through. Had to ditch an RTT once when Clippy was like eight months old for similar reasons. Like he was sick, wife was sick. I'm like, hey, this isn't going to work. I'm like, all right, well, it's been real, guys. I will uh, see you next month. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you got to. I mean, like, I think most most significant others, especially if, like, if they, if they are understand supportive, like, yeah. they're, they're not going to, they're not going to light those fires, like, without thinking about it a little bit first. But also, it's like, Definitely ignore them at your own peril because it might be you might finish that event, but it might be the last event you go to for a long time. Oh yeah, I mean, also just like don't don't ignore that. <laughs> just because that's not being a good partner or a good person. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like I would I would like to think also that don't get me wrong, this hobby is very durable, and I know people have been playing this hobby for a long time. But I'd like to think that I'd like to think that or like to hope that you know my myself, my family, and everything is going to outlast. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when all the dust is gone. One would hope. One would hope. Yeah. Oh, I did leave out the cool thing that happened. The the, the coolest thing that uh Anthony uh and his fiance Anna were in town last weekend, so I was able to get dinner with them. Uh, oh awesome. It was great. Yeah, that was awesome. It's like uh we hit this Thai food place up in Philly called Grandma's House or Grandma's Place, which is like it was great. It's like this little spot, sort of out of the way in um, like center of the city. Uh, would go again. Can't confirm. It was delicious. Love, what'd you get? I love Thai food. Oh gosh, uh, I got these. I got uh, these scallion fritters. I got some like interesting, spicy but very savory uh, sausage. Um, got a curry. Pad Thai for the lady back at home. Okay. Um, yeah, that was it. Strong, strong move. Strong, strong move. Dog gag. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Great food. Great food. I was trying to get spots at this place, um, uh, Kalia, which 
used to be this like low key, it's like Southern Thai cuisine, like everything's extremely hot, but also incredibly delicious. Um, but like, you, I mean, some of those meals, you're just not making it out more than four or five spoons unless you're actually Thai. Uh, but they're great while you're in it, uh, before your body starts to overheat. Uh, but like New York, yeah, the New York Times did a whole thing about them. They're like one of the 50 best restaurants in the country now or something. So it's like impossible to get a table. Uh, oh, wow. it's, it's difficult to like now. It's like a month out. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh. Yeah. But next time. Next time. Okay. Um, what else we got going on before we kick to the main thing? Uh, oh, I got a RTT um, this Saturday. It's kind of nice because I've been focusing so much on the ELO that like now, like when I go to RTTs, even though I kind of like want to kind of like beat up on the other Miami Dice, that Miami Dice guys, I don't even like beating up on locals, just feels mean, but beating up on the other Miami Dice guys is fun. Um, so, but I mean, like they, they're, they're all fucking good, man. So I mean, like, I, say beat, I say beat up and my beat yeah, up, yeah. I mean, like, I'll like, I'll probably go like one, one and one or something. I don't know. Right. Right. Uh, like shit. I'm also, uh, but I'm also I'm bringing I'm bringing Death Guard of all things just because they're oh, awesome. paying them up they're fun um, total underdogs I'll be honest man like they're not they're not they're not good <laughs> they're, they're like they're like, they're like, they're like they've come up to like mid lane that's pretty good right right yeah they, they I mean they they really leverage the grenade stratagem combo mm -hmm. which you'll catch people with like once. Um, the fact that they have T5 16 point attack marine bodies that you can just spam. Um, and the disrespect factor. And then yeah. you sprinkle in you sprinkle in a little bit of like minus one toughness, minus one love skill, bliss skill, or like minus one to your save. And then like you can kind of like you can kind of like you know pull the blanket over someone or pull the t-shirt over someone if they figure out what's happening and they're like, oh you lost, you know, they're like, oh, fuck, you know, like. It definitely, it definitely. But I'm running a, I'm running the list that uh, Max Weiss took down that Austria GT with, where it's just three Plague Burst Crawlers, three Rhinos, thirty Plague Marines, two MSU units of, um, uh, Death Shrouds, um, which I've always been. I've never seen Death Shrouds not be good, even when the rest of the army around them is trash. True. Um, the two Lord of Contagions, which give them full hit rerolls, um, which is nice because they have access to lethal hits and sustained hits. So then when you you know, slam full hit rerolls onto that too. Like they can definitely get some stuff going on there. Um, Typhus, who always does, who on a two up always does a super smite, which is super, which pairs super well with the grenade um, stratagem combo. Uh, and then a bunch of nerdlings, which is nice because I know one of my teammates is running, two of my teammates running orcs and one of them is running world eaters. So you better believe I'm just going to have, I'm going to have nine nerdlings just like, yeah. <laughs> just those rats under the boats. <laughs> Let's go screens. Yeah, so that'll be fun. So just, like yeah, 100, 100, 130 points of Nurgling saying mm, no. Not even, Add no. Like 90, 90, 105 points. 105 yeah. points. Yeah. So good. Related to that, I sort of love that the meta has shifted to this, like, not actually combined arms approach, but, like, I, I like when transports are valid. It just like looks. It looks good on the table. It, it feels, feels like you're playing. Well, it feels like you're playing a war game now because you yeah, have you have yeah. combined arms. You have transports. You know, like you have like your command and control. You're the like your officers. You have like your your exactly. recon units and stuff like that. You just have like it actually looks like an army, which is yeah. I agree with you. It feels nice. That's cool. Speaking okay. of armies, blah, 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 segue. <laughs> let's let's go into 
I can get to go present, share screen. Boom. All right. Uh, we are going to talk, talk about, and Cliff, pull up your thing too, if you want to help me out and talk me through this. Yeah, I got you. We wanted, we wanted to talk about, um, mostly because people have had, kind of had like a lot of questions about um, buying armies, selling armies, expanding armies, whatever, um, fashion switching. And with the Christmas box sets, it seems like a really good time to do that. Just because, like the to- the whole talking about like eBay and parting out armies and looking for deals, it didn't really feel like there was enough there to make an episode about all like by itself. But with the Christmas box sets and how to like kind of build out and expand the army after getting a Christmas box set, it kind of felt like just enough we could make a little bit of a episode casserole for you, so to speak. <laughs> um, so we're only going to focus on the six factions that are getting Christmas boxes, but a lot of this stuff that we're going to talk about like will be applicable to all factions. It's just when you have a Christmas box set, like that's a lot of times is a really good time to kind of get a jump start uh, on an army, especially if you're looking for new sculpts. Um, so let's talk first with the Votan box set. Um, pretty much everything, and I got I do got to give a shout out to. Um, Aspects tactics. I cribbed a lot of his notes on this because this work has already been done, and I got a job. I'm a dad. I'm a husband, and (laughs) frankly, I love making shows, but I got better shit to do than like recreate someone's work who's already done it. So I lifted a lot of stuff from him. Uh, The combat patrols when he did this combat patrol video, um, he did that before the balance data slate, so a lot of those points were higher than what they were. So I went back and I went through the, the app and I rebuilt all the combat patrols. So that way I had to make sure the points were updated because for the most part, they were all about 100 to 200 points less than they were in his video Ooh. about two months ago. So I do got to give a shout out because I did definitely crib his notes. Here it is. Uh, so first one, uh, Votam, the Christmas box, roughly uh, 46%, assuming that these are going to be $250 point, uh, dollars. You should probably be able to talk to your game store and get them for about 215, 220 American, but the percentage is roughly going to be the same. Um, and it's roughly 750 points. Uh, you see it comes with a champion. It comes with a Grimner, um, which is good. Whenever you can see, usually whenever you see a box set, if the box set has a vehicle monster and a character, usually that's not a named character, generally it's going to be a pretty good value because Characters are like they're getting kind of expensive, man. Characters are like anything from like twenty-five to thirty-five bucks U.S. dollars. Yeah, their characters are like the character kits. Unless you really like the character kit itself, if you're just trying to build an army, um, if your army has a lot of characters, it's going to be really expensive. Um, so getting a discount on these is pretty huge because honestly, paying like thirty-five dollars um, U.S. for a, a character that's worth like. 50 to 80 points really sucks. Uh, so getting a discount is nice. Uh, it comes with 10 Terminators. Um, oh, from Sam Lemon, instead of sharing your window screen, you can upload the PowerPoint and share it. Yeah, I don't know how to do that, and I definitely don't feel confident enough to do it live. So we're just <laughs> we're just gonna stick with this. Yeah, I do definitely. appreciate it. It wouldn't be it wouldn't yeah. be snap check if it wasn't a little bit scuffed. <laughs> the next time I do that, I also like made that I also made this like literally like in 10 minutes before like right before the show. So yeah, it's gonna be a little bit scuffed, but yeah. I am gonna—I will look into how to do that for next time. But this is the best you're getting for now. 
I do um, all what it's worth for all the viewers, and we'll upload this in the show notes, and we'll share it on our Discord. Uh, I did, like a complete crazy person, uh, make a giant table of all of the contents and all of the units and all of the prices for them and what savings are incurred and all that good stuff. He has, so. he has pivot, pivot tables and everything. It looks awesome. Yeah. So we will make sure to like post that up, and it'll be accessible. <laughs> Anyways, um, it also has 10 Terminators, which are kind of like the hotness right now. Uh, I haven't seen any serious Votan list that doesn't start with like 20 of these guys. comes with a Sagatar, which is apparently, um, if you ask anyone who is like kind of dabbling into Votan, they're convinced that this is not a real model that exists. Um, so <laughs> the fact that it even comes with one of these like would almost make me say, like, if you're looking to start Votan, you'd probably want to just buy two of these boxes. Yep. So that way you at least have two Sagatars. Uh, and it comes with Land Fort, which are not super great right now, but they're certainly not awful. If I saw like one in the list, I wouldn't mm-hmm. bat an eye. I'd just be like, oh, he likes big chunky tanks. Yeah. This um, is one of those areas where if you've got the space um, and you're really trying to go for the most cutthroat version of the list, which is like six sags, a bunch of hearth guard, all that stuff, you get some of you get like three of these. You hope you can source three more sags. And then you bounce the three fourths off to eBay for like forty percent off, and watch as people snap them up and lower your cost per model, uh, which is already a pretty hefty discount. So, yep. The- and yeah, and you're gonna hear us say that a bunch, but like a lot of times, like just getting used to eBay and like how eBay the market forces work and everything is really huge, um, because sometimes if you get like a really good discount like this or a good kit. You could basically, you know, you eat it or you buy the kit and you just part out the extra models you don't need. Uh, this is going to come up in one of the other uh, box sets uh, in yeah. this set. The best one, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and that is, a, that is a way to basically ensure that you keep that discount um, even when you aren't using all the models. <laughs> so the second part of this over here is so scuffed. Um, is the combat patrol. <laughs> this is a great 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 way to build this out um so it's about assuming 160 dollars us uh it is 29 discount and depending on where you build uh the named character or regular call it's about 370 to 390 points so it comes with the um uthar or the call it comes with five berserks comes with three bikes and it comes with 10 troops uh right now i'm seeing most lists take 20 to 30 troops and they take one to two calls um seems like i've seen i've actually seen all the characters um i've seen uther occasionally i've seen the calls i've seen the grimners i've seen the champions so there's not like you aren't you aren't like losing out um by getting stuck with like a 35 dollar character that you don't want to use i've literally seen all the characters from from this kit and this kit like in competitive lists so you're in a good spot um Berserks are not what they were last edition, at least durability-wise. Um, I haven't seen them on the table. I was talking with Anthony about it. He says they're actually still pretty decent, at least damage-wise. Um, so if you want to bring like a unit of five, I guess, and then I don't know if you can split the troops and put five in a Sagatar and then like leave five on your home base so it's stickies. I think you can. Um but like maybe like that would be the play, um, and then you and then you have like five Zerks to like get a Sagatar, you know, because like you can't really walk these guys around; they'll just die to interact. Yeah, they got to um, send them. But but all these all these units are are good. Pretty much everything except for the 
the fort and the zerks feel like staples and tournament lists and then like i think there's arguments to be made on the um i change that it's gonna bother me i think there's arguments to be made on the forts and the berserks in in a list if you really like them or if you just kind of wanted to like go off the beaten path a little bit and like maybe kind of catch your opponent out with a unit that maybe they're prepared for um the only downside so i'd say this is probably like if you were just trying to meta hop to a new faction and you just wanted to like not think about it, just buy stuff new send it to your commission man if you have one or whatever or just like grind it out over like two three weeks and get a meta army up and running um this is probably objectively the best one and it'll get you pretty much most of the range um and then you can basically wait for the second wave which is rumored to come out sometime middle or end of 2024 the downside is um, I think all these point values are the lowest that Votan are ever going to be. Yeah. Um, so I am worried where I think if you want to build a like a meta army, you would buy two combat patrols and two Christmas boxes. I'm, I don't want to recommend that, though, because I am worried, especially now that Votan are doing well, I am worried that, like, as their points kind of gradually go back up again per model, you're going to be stuck with a lot of models that you can't use because you just can't field that much and you have a bunch of duplicates. Mm -hmm. um, so I am hesitant to kind of recommend this. But if you are dabbling or if pricing the object or if you're not like, afraid of, like, just selling off some extra models or whatever, there, there's literally no misses here. Um, I would just recommend selling off some of it because you would also need you also need to get some Thunderkin. And unfortunately, Thunderkin aren't in either of these kits, and Thunderkin are really, really, really good. They're quite good, yeah. It is these these are great boxes just to establish a like, okay, I've got options to pivot to if I'm starting a new faction and really like leagues. It's a good, good move. Yeah, normally when 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 people start a new faction, and I, I apologize if I'm wearing lead if someone asked a question about because I saw some questions about this. I always hesitate to tell them to just grab a metalist and buy that because if a metalist involves three of X, three of Y, three of Z, and then they get it 80% of the way hobbied up and built and bought and everything, and then it gets nerfed, like via points or whatever. Now you're just you feel that more, you feel that deeper than if you have like kind of like a spread out collection um, versus just spamming the undercosted units in your book. Um, and it feels like if you just tell someone to, unfortunately, it feels like there's not really like a way around it here because the Botan line is so limited right now. Like it feels like it's just that will happen. There's no real way around it. So if you if you are gonna, I guess it basically comes around to what your buy-in level is. If your buy-in level is like up here for Botan and you are going to all in it, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I want all these guys. I want to build a list. I want to get some Thunderkin, and I'm going to sit around and I'm going to wait for also for that second wave to come. Then, yeah, by all means, buy two Christmas sets, two Combat Patrols. If you get a 15% discount, it'll set you back around 700 USD American, which is six 600 USD is what it takes to get a Knight or Custodia Army up and running if you're buying smartly. Um, and then... 800 to 900 is typical for another for a for most armies beyond that and then like if you're buying something like goc admech or sisters you're Wilson. clocking in at about a thousand to twelve hundred dollars so getting an entire votan army up and off the ground for seven hundred dollars plus the cost of like two boxes two boxes of thunderkin and a and a broker iron master 
is reasonable, but you need to make sure that like you your buy-in is 100. I think you're going to be sad down the road. Closing thoughts on that one, Cliff. We're going to just move to the next. No, one. that's it. I mean, I think and yeah, we'll get this is going to come up in the show questions too. Like when you're considering starting a new faction, do not start it just because you're like, oh, this is doing really well currently in the competitive meta. I want to do really well in the competitive meta. Therefore, I will buy a thousand dollars worth of miniatures and surely hobby them up in a week so that I can maximize my time to play with them. Like you're not, it's really important to be realistic, like buy into factions that you really like, uh, both for gameplay reasons and for just aesthetic and go from there. You'll be super happy. All right. Um, next one. Orgs. So this is kind of like a re-release of that, um, that work box set from 20, I think it was 2021, maybe 2022. It was like two years ago. Um, when the ninth edition uh, or codex came out and they kind of like, they kind of released all the, uh, the new like uh, beast naga orcs. This is a, um, it's honestly a really good box set. It has all the yeah. stuff. Squigboth. Squigboss or Mazrog, the three Squig Riders, the Smash Squig, the Kill Rig, which can also be built as a Hunter Rig, and then randomly a Pain Boss, which I have, I haven't seen him very often. I haven't seen him at all in 10th edition, but you know, <laughs> he's cool. Um, you could, if you were brand new to Orcs, I could see like a world where you maybe you buy two of these kits, especially if you're like big into the Beast Knight stuff, because then you can build, you can build Mazrog, then you can build a regular Squig Boss, which are both, you know great units and great kits the um with a little bit of uh, push fitting or magnetization the kill rig can swap pretty easily between a kill rig and a hunter rig you just don't glue the turrets and you don't glue on the uh the weird boy up top you just put them on a base and you just sit them in the turret um and it's very easy to just swap that around uh and yeah that'll get you started if you go heavy on the beast snagas it would be about um about 1500 points you just put all this together and just double it Although about 100, 100, 120 of those points will be two pain bosses, which probably isn't very good. But you get a lot of stuff. Um, also, that leads us into this. The Orc Combat Patrol, which is not very meta right now. Um, I haven't really seen anyone mess with the Mega Boss, although that sculpt does go hard. Uh, <laughs> you do get 20, you do get 20 of the new the new boys. Unfortunately, everyone I've I've I haven't seen a shooter boy since like seventh or eighth edition. Um everyone just runs up with the, the choppas. Um and this doesn't let you choose the loadout. Most orc players will just put like they'll just put down like their mob of like 90 boys where like they all have choppas and their opponent will go, cool, and he's not gonna inspect all 90 of them. Or he, even if he would, he wouldn't care. Uh, three Duff Coptas, which are cool kits and are just kind of a cool thing in general. Um, unfortunately, they are kind of straight doo-doo right now in the game. Also, pro tip for me, up here at the top where the uh, the little helicopter blades like attach to the model, um, that will break off every single time. But it's exactly the right size for a three millimeter magnet. So you just can... do yourself a favor and just put it, just put a magnet right there, right from the get-go. You'll you'll thank yourself later. And it comes with Depth Dread, which are kind of like okay right now, but they're they're super cool. Um, this gets doesn't really 
it's kind of all over the place, but if you are just trying to like straight up like get a lot of orcs and you're trying to like take the shotgun approach to collecting orcs where you're just grabbing everything, like man, like huge discount. Huge discount, probably the biggest discount, maybe, except for the nids on these two things right here. What do you think, Cliff? I, you know, I think that's right. I think really, the, like, I'm always thinking about in terms of, am I trying to build a functional army? And are there things inside it that can further offset my cost of acquisition? And like, boxes for orcs and like maybe a couple of the combat patrols if you just want to like throw some models in your collection for later is pretty good. But really like three Christmas boxes here gets you a really good start and you can start ditching kill rigs. Um, off on the internet if you're trying to save some money. Just, just, sure. strong, just strong. I would, if I was trying to just get some orcs off the ground real quick, if I didn't, if I knew I was going to be with orcs for the long haul, I would probably buy probably like one combat patrol and two Christmas boxes. If I was trying to go more for like a beast naga focused thing, yeah. I would probably. I would probably buy three Christmas boxes and then I would sell two of the pain boys, one of the squid bosses, one of the rigs. Um, just, and you're just, you're just trying to basically get that third box for a discount on the beast tag boys and the squid hogs. Uh, Cause beast tag boys are very good. Squid hog boys are very good. Um, and the, the war bosses are very good. Um, kill rigs and hunter rigs are good. I don't, they're well they're fine they're not meta right now they're fine i feel because they've kind of been like just okay usually that is generally means that their stock is going to go up yeah keeping ones about pass and then also this spring we have the codex of orcs um which should really expand out the options so you definitely don't want to be like playing catch up like hobby wise especially if you're going to commit to a faction for a while you kind of want to like preemptively have that stuff ready to go, but you rarely need three of something unless it's like something that's spammable, like troops or like squid up boys, whatever. Especially because like squid up boys can be three or they can be six, so spamming multiple of them doesn't doesn't hurt you from a hobby perspective because you can like double up on the unit size. All right, the next kit, uh, which I would argue is the best set of all of them, and it's not just because I'm biased. <laughs> this is the one. This one is unreal. This this box set is absolutely unreal. Um, forty percent discount. Look at it. we were so close here. Look how close we were. I know the points don't work that way, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like look how look how close we were. I know. I know. Um, right there. Anything, unless you unless you were part of our Discord and you and you keep tabs with the announcements, you have notifications on, and you see like certain screenshots of Red, our sponsor Red Dragon, uh, Eight Bound, you just like can't really find them right now. I had to order my last um, my last set because I I was three. I had them all built from Ninth Edition, but I needed three more to run Anthony's build because in um, Ninth Edition you can only run nine Exalted. But now you can run, you can double up on Exalted. So I needed another champion. I was like, well, I'll eventually need more Exalted. I had to buy one more kit. Couldn't find him anywhere. So I actually had to order from my eBay seller on the UK, on the UK, and he, he actually got him to me in like five days. It was really quick. Um, this kit, if you are kind of on the sidelines or you're fence sitting and you're looking to jump in um, on World Eaters, or if you are 
just started world eaters and you don't have Ingram yet, then like, this is your, this is your go signal. Yeah. Um, because it gets you, if you just started, then you don't have Angron. Angron, it gets you Angron, and it gets you six eight bound, which is just fantastic right off the get go. If you really wanted to, you could buy two of these box sets and then try to sell Angron. I don't think it's worth it to buy two of these box sets. I think it's just going to be too much of a hassle. But I think you just buy one, you just take the discount, and you run with it. Um, or if you're new or to World Eaters, then you probably are sitting on the fence of Angron. You bought like a Combat Patrol or two. Boom! You just buy this and you try to. You know, sell your soul for some more eight bound, and then you are gaming. <laughs> so I this is going to sound reckless, um, but I'm also going back to our credit card rundown episode. I think this this is an area where if you have the ability to do so, to like float a dollar amount for a month, and you're like, I'm all in on world eaters. I love it. Uh, there's a lot of world eaters. Uh, commotion going on right now. Anthony's coming off a really strong performance with a list that's a ton of fun. I think you buy three of these box sets. That throws you, let's say you have absolutely no discount. You're at $750. Holy crap, that's a lot of money. You're right, it is. Except you don't need three Angrons. And Angron as an individual model costs $170. So you keep one because he's awesome. And you sell two for $100 to someone who will be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're selling Angron for $100 brand new, thank you so much. Um, and now you've shaved 200 bucks off your all-in cost near 550 for 18 eight-bound, 30 Berserkers and a single Angron. Um, there are a few other things you need to pick up, but you're in a very, very good starting place. And depending on your paint scheme, uh, go all brass for armor uh, with a wash and a dry brush. Then <laughs> Neural Matthew gets it. Yeah. Then then you're like, not only do you have this army that's like quite competitive and super fun to play, um, but it's also relatively quick to hobby and you're off to the races. Clip is uh clip is starting to allude to like the real end game of 40k, which is the, the 40 the 40k market PvP. Which is which can be a little bit which can be a little bit fun. I'm I'm not gonna lie. When you score a good deal, but then when you also like, you know, kind of when you make the when you make your hobby pay for your hobby, that always feels good. Yes. Um, but yeah, you can and you can, and the thing is like you don't have to like I don't know how like I don't know how clip is. I'm not gonna ask him to like you know I'm not gonna put him on the spot. But like me personally, when I do this kind of stuff, I don't really I don't really price gouge. Um, as yeah. long as like as long as like I'm in the black and like then some, I will make sure that like the the other guy on the other end of the screen like gets a deal. Because yep. a lot of times I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to move it usually, you know, and like not lose my shirt when I do it, you know. Yep. So, like, I would totally would not have an issue. Like, if I'm getting like a forty percent discount on this crap, I would I would not have an issue selling um, Demon Primarchs for a hundred bucks, you know. Exactly. A lot yeah. of times, a lot of times, it's just you know, again, it's just how much capital can you float as an individual, you know? For some people, it's like one box. For some people, it's like ten boxes, you know. And then you also have to keep in mind, like, just like the stock market. If if I buy ten of these kits and then I sell nine Angrons, well, now the market is flooded with Angrons, and I <laughs> and I no longer can, I no longer can ask a hundred dollars per Angron. I, now I have to sell them for like eighty or seventy because right. I floated the market. I shot myself in the foot, you know. So because if you don't if you don't keep selling like lowering the price, what happens is someone else like 
buys all your Angrons in bulk and then lists them for 110. You know, right. now you're just like, fuck. Yeah. You know, so welcome to market PvP. Hey, don't get, don't yeah. don't go too far down the rabbit hole. You lose your house. Yeah. Um, so combat patrol. Again, this is it pairs also, just like just <laughs> like the Votan patrol. It pairs so well. Yeah, it's a little bit heavy on the Zerkers. Um, the Zerkers are not nearly as good as they were last edition, but they're they are iconic, and they're fine. Like they're just fine. Um, mm -hmm. This. I would also say that, like, you know, being kind of Pennywise, like, I don't want to, like, give advice that's Pennywise pound foolish. Um, the last thing you want is a codex to drop or a balance data slate to drop, whatever. And now you are you're staring down the gun, uh, staring down the barrel of painting trim on 40 to 50 chaos idiots <laughs> because you neglected it for the past two years because they were bad you know no, like if you can just when i'm not doing anything i'm just painting trim on chaos guys because i'm just like trying i'm just trying to like permanently like stay ahead of it because my backlog is huge and it's like all horse and chaos and you just I'll just if I'm not doing anything, I would I will literally just pull out like from my display cabinet. I'll pick out like ten infantry and I'll like that aren't painted yet, and I'll just start going. I'll just start working on the trim. You just have to. Um, you don't want to try to like, you know, make, let's say a year from now or whatever the World of Your Codex comes out and the meta build is like, I don't know, like forty zerkers and rhinos. You don't want to you don't want to paint that all in a single week. That would be terrible. Um, but yeah, I think. I think if you're trying to hop on the world years, I think you buy you buy this, you buy one to two of these, Controls. and then probably I don't know, like list, try to get rid of the uh, like maybe like ten of the zerkers. Yeah, get a couple right Trade with somebody if you're or, or this is a little bit of secret knowledge for you. What I would do actually instead, now I think about it, is I would buy one box set. I would buy one combat patrol, and then I would go onto eBay or like get someone with a get a buddy with a three D printer or whatever, and I would print out one juggernaut, not a juggernaut dude, a juggernaut because they're on the sprue. This kit makes two juggernaut lords, or it makes Invocatus and a juggernaut lord. It only has one juggernaut body though. So if you oh, find a second separate rider, that. that's awesome. It makes two separate riders. So if you can source yourself a juggernaut, which you can generally get from cheap, because chaos yeah. demons are crap right now. There's a lot of people that are just selling off chaos demons because they aren't they aren't as good in the meta. They're probably the worst chaos faction in my opinion right now. Um, so they aren't commanding a premium on eBay. Um, but if you get a juggernaut print, or if you find like just a, a blood crusher or whatever, it's very very easy to build that second rider and plop him on there. So that's actually what I would do, because that gets you a Juggernaut Lord and that gets you Invocatus out of a single combat patrol, which is probably right. just that's gaming right there. Because that if you buy a Juggernaut, if you buy Invocatus kit, it's like $60 GW. So just do that instead. That's great. Uh closing thoughts on world eaters. No, nah, I think that's it. They've got these are two great box sets to start collections. It's a super fun army to play. Um, go get them. Yeah. Buy one of each box and then and then find yourself a single low loose blood crusher. You'll thank me later. All right, Space Marines, the new stuff. 
Um, Dodge this completely. Unreal that these are in the same box. Yeah. Look, they're they're really trying to <laughs> this. So oh, Cliff, Cliff, is, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff is, Cliff's job is involved with politics. I know he's going to really appreciate what I'm about to say. So <laughs> this down here, this is chart. So all this here, I can't see that. Dang it, that didn't work. So all the, <laughs> I tried. I need a telecaster. So all these guys down here in the bottom and these guys up here in the corner, everyone with the jump pack or whatever, like that's that's the bill that's getting presented to the house. Right? <laughs> Cliff knows exactly where I'm going with this. Up here, the ATV and the Outrider, that's the crap that gets attached to it. They're like, how bad do you want this bill to get passed? This, this stuff up here is pork. This is absolute grade A pork. You got the beef down here, and you got the pork. So it's really going to come down to how much do you want these guys. Oh I'll be honest, God. man. If you are just a true Space Marine aficionado, or you know, or if you are just down with the subscription services and army, um, then yeah, buy a buy a Christmas box set. You know, especially for that sweet jump captain. But these are just assault intercessors with uh, with new jump packs on them. I would just I would just put old school jump packs on assault intercessors. Call it a day. Yeah. So like. I just literally went to my display cabinet. This is an assault intercessor with a jump pack on him. Go get assault intercessors and go get jump packs and make your own dudes. Do not pay, and it's it's going to be end up being way cheaper than paying out of pocket for five of these guys at a time. Like the sculpts on the assault intercessors are more dynamic; they're flatly better. You're going to pay less money. Uh, like, don't don't do this. Avoid well, this. So, and also, there's a little bit of speculation here. We're speculating that the box set's going to be 250 GW, and we're also speculating on like the typical um, Space Marine character price, and then like what 15, what 15 Space Marine infantry that aren't Gravis would cost, and then we know the price of Resident Invader is still is only like 35% discount. Um, and granted, we don't we don't know. I mean, we kind of have ideas about how the uh, the space room meta is kind of shaking out or whatever, but like right now, it just seems like seems like everyone is on redemptors and lancers, yep, and inceptors, or just gliders in general, uh, inceptors, scouts, infiltrators, and uh, and aggressors. Um, none of which, none of which is in here. Yeah. So granted, again, like we said, build collections, not armies. You know, but and it is so hard to build a Space Marine collection. It, it just really is. I and mean, a part of that is just because they strung along the Firstborn forever. And yeah. DW was just super afraid of dropping the other shoe and alienating a ton of their player base, you know, who were just super hard committed to Firstborn. But then they realized that those guys weren't buying models anyhow. And so they, they're they executing Order 66 on the Firstborn. But still, um, a lot of their kits, like the Devastators, they split off into two different units. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a third unit of Primaris last cannon dudes come out sometime in the next year or two. Yeah, they, just drop it. they just drop it without warning. <clears throat> so just well, something to think about. <laughs> this kid. Um, I, I just wonder sometimes how many of these Invader ATVs and Outrider boxes do they have in a warehouse just like taking up space? Um, yeah, well, 
I don't know, man. They they say they say models models cool models sell models and not rules, but I don't know, man. These things have had terrible rules and they always struggle to sell them. So yeah, yeah. However, I was gonna I was gonna post the combat patrol because Space Marines have so many combat patrols, and honestly, most of them are kind of kind of trash. Um, but the next one does get a special shout out. I was gonna the the pattern we were going was was Christmas box and then a combat patrol to build it out. But honestly, I would just save your money on the Christmas box, and I would just buy three of the next slide, which is the Dark Angels Combat Patrol. Hey, this is the way. This one is good. Um, and then maybe the generic Space Marines Combat Patrol is, like, fine, I guess. None of it's meta, but it has the new Librarian, the new uh, Terminator Captain, and 10 Terminators, and it's cool. It's, it's all new skulls, you know? It's basically the, if you missed the train on the Space Marine Half Leviathan. Um, but the Dark Angels combat patrol is actually really good. Um, only 24% discount if you don't want upgrades. 34% if you do. But in my opinion, you just basically, you would just buy a bunch of these and then you literally sell everything that isn't in Scepters or Adepters. Yep. Or, or if you have access to a 3D printer or someone with a lot of spare bits or spare bits your own, I would take these intercessors and I would just convert them to desolators. Um, you take the Gravis missile launchers, put them on the back. You take the um, the uh, Devastator missile tube. Looks like he's like a guy AT4 rocket. You just put it on his arm. Boom! Space Marine with missile and rockets. Like, yep. You just point out, you're like, that's desolator. Your opponent's gonna be like, cool, man. You know, no one's gonna really question you on it. But I don't. As much, I'm going to go against. I'm going to flip flop my own advice again. Like I said, well, I don't want to push meta stuff too much, but like right now, man, like it's man, scepters have been on again, off again, good for the past several years. So they always they seem like a pretty safe bet. And redemptors have just been perennially kind of good since mid eighth edition, I think, like that. They've just yeah. been like a good thing to have. It's never been uh, a bad also, redemptor. Yeah, having having three redemptors is good. Like right now, it's just. It's just going to be one of those, like, very... If you are committed to the Space Marine life, uh, Redemptor is a durable investment. <clears throat> All right. Um, next one. Guard. This, this one right here. This, 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 it's, this is a weird box set, but I, I kind of... like. It's very unhinged, but I kind of respect it a little bit more. They just <laughs> took two Rebel Durans and just slammed them in there. And they're like, ah, oh, sprinkle some Command Squad on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh don't ask me why it says nids there. I was in a rush and tired. <laughs> Didn't see that. Uh, um, it's Acadian command squad, two doors, and then 20 shock troops in total. That's are the, there shock troops in there too? Yeah, yeah, it's 20 of those guys. Oh hell yeah, that's way better than I thought. So 20 yeah, yeah. shock troops. There you go. Um so yeah, about 30% discount, which is respectable. 705 points, which is hard to get to um, for guard when you're buying box sets, man. Like you, you just buy you just buy so much crap, so much plastic, and you're like, do I have 2,000 points yet? Um, <laughs> the downside is that if you buy two of these, you kind of like you're kind of stuck with a lot of stuff you can't use or you don't want to use. So I think this is kind of just like a if you've been sitting on the fence, if you are an active guard player and you've been sitting on the fence with the the Dorns, this is probably like where you make your move. He has a great uh, one. Yeah, great single box purchase. I don't know how good this would be if you're a new guard player. 
Probably pretty good, right? Like this scene, I think this is a starting point. In the like Thorns are not amazing right now, but they probably will be in the next year or so. Like they'll be good. Probably. It's just it just feels very hyper focused. I mean, that's when you when you take two <laughs> yeah. when you take two buildings and you put them in a single box, and that's kind of what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think mo- like most guard players I know, like if you're if they're really trying to get into guard, like they're spending most of their time on eBay or like or like army trading or like model trading websites to be honest because a lot of those sculpts been around for a long time slam lehman russes manticores basilisk chimeras and then just like the the same troop sculpt that has been around forever yeah it's a good segue into the combat patrol um which again has a command squad which is kind of unfortunate because it double i don't think (coughs) like usually only take like one command squad in army maybe um I haven't seen anyone take two. Yep. And then you do have some Cadians. K- uh, you have the new sculpt of the Sentinel. That sucks because like Sentinels really are so good right really now, and you want really a lot of them. Really wish it was two instead of the uh, field ordinance batteries. That'd be money. God, this had like three Sentinels in it. It would just be sure. self-explanatory, you know. It'd be like <laughs> just buy as many. It'd be, it'd be like just buy as many as you could. Yeah. Um, yeah. People, people want Sentinels. They want them bad. Yeah, it's fine. It's a like I said, it's thirty nine percent discount roughly for the combat patrol, thirty eight percent discount there. It's not bad. I mean, realistically, if you're like I said, if you're starting guard, you you'd probably buy one of each, and then you're just going to be really, you're going to be doing a lot of shopping online trying to find like used armies, to be honest. And you just buy an eBay rescue and you just respray paint the tanks, and away you go. Um, nids. Christmas boxes, all I know, none of this stuff sounds exciting, but these are all the new sculpts. Yeah. Um, so it has the tyrant, um, which can be built as the flyrant or the winged high tyrant, and um, kind of the same situation as the world eaters, uh, invocatus or juggernaut lord. All you need to do is you, you find one yourself or you find a buddy, 3D print you just the torso, the little, the little torso part of the tyrant. And then you can build a you can build a flyrant and a walkrant out of the same kit. All you need is just an extra torso. Um, it has the Norn, which goes so hard. Um, man, I wish these were better. They were, they were oh, so was so great. It's so great. I don't, I don't. I have like I have all, I have almost no nids, but I do own a Norn just because I wanted to like build it and paint it and everything. Yeah. I'll probably sell it when I'm done. But it's it was so cool. I just wanted to play with it. Um, you get a bunch of Hormigots, you get a bunch of Steelers, you get a bunch of Ripper Swarms, which is cool because you can buy Ripper Swarms as singles now, which is actually really sweet. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and it, it combines pretty decently with the Combat Patrol. So here, which um, is basically the Nid Half of Leviathan, which I think you can still get on eBay for pretty cheap, although it's starting to dry up now. Pretty inexpensive now. Yeah, I found... Um, when I was looking, I was finding Screamer Killers, Screamer Killers on eBay for twenty five dollars US a piece. Outrageous! Great score. Which is that? I mean, it's like it would be like if someone said you could buy Redemptors for twenty five bucks. Like that's just absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Um. So this is a little bit of like I think a little bit of of future proofing right now. This definitely mm-hmm. feels like it would, it would kind of gear you more towards like the endless swarm kind of stuff. Yep. But Yards. but I think this is where like I think this is where like the um 
the discerning mid players kind of looking towards the future and being like, okay, well, potentially how how ready do I want to be for like if this stuff is good in the future, yeah. whatever. So um, again, all the new sculpts and very nicely enough, the the Christmas box has twenty hormigots, but the combat patrol has twenty termigots. So you're not really like doubling up on stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's not like Thousand Suns or Death Guard where you just end up with like a gazillion ter- um, zangers or pox walkers, or whatever. You actually get like a nice little variety. Yeah, go um, back. You get all all the griblies. Sam's comment about build collections, not armies. The combination of this Christmas box set and the combat patrol is a great way to get started on an ins collection. Yeah, and it, this is without a doubt the biggest the biggest discount. Um, and it's insane because I, I I thought the the Leviathan half for Nids I thought you already got like a ton for the yeah. for the money. You know, you basically got all this and then a Screamer Killer. Screamer Killer. And yeah. then, like you said, on the low end, on the low end, if you if you split the Leviathan box with someone who is actively trying to screw you over. <laughs> you still you still get a 55% discount based yeah. on like off that kind of stuff. It's yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah, that's it. That is that completes my TED talk. Um Children, go go slide. Cliff, talk, talk to us a little bit about um buying and selling armies. Uh, I think yeah. we can talk about that for about 20, 30 minutes and we'll go into questions. So I do actually haven't bought miniatures in a long time. Um, Cause I think as of maybe as of like six months ago, I hit the point where it's like, I have all of the models for all of the factions that I'm interested in playing ever right now, which is cool. The, um, and a lot of that comes from buying big box sets like this, um, like what's about to come out, identifying what models that I really like uh, that are part of the box sets and then like swiftly selling the others on the internet. When I say the internet, I mean like a combination of eBay, that's like the highest lift one, um, or subreddit mini swap, or your friendly local game store discord, um, or uh, any other discords, right? Where people are just trying to hit you up. And I, and I say that because to Tim's point earlier, when you buy the big box sets, you're already getting them to discount. If you use like, your local game store discounts usually between like 10 and 20%, let's say it's 15%, you're getting it at an even steeper discount. You don't need to like try to make money on your sale, right? Like you can get three World Eaters Christmas boxes and have three Angrons and not give the standard 20% discount on the extra two Angrons that you absolutely don't need. You just be like, nah, I'm just gonna sell it for $100. And like someone's gonna be pumped about that you're saving them 70 bucks out of pocket compared to msrp uh, and you're going to be pumped about it because that's like an instantaneous sale that you don't have to think about anymore right like ideally that's happening at your local game store you just like hand it over uh the backup there would be like discord where you like know people the next tier would be on a subreddit and then the tier after that would be ebay um because ebay takes a slice of any of the sales you're making uh, you want to try to avoid that and like if you do that in a scaled, sustained way where you're mapping out like, what actually do I want? What do I need? What do I expect to earn? Um, what am I going to hold on to? What would I have otherwise paid? You can come out not just with like models essentially for free, but with like, you know, a 15 to 25% profit margin on the contents of a given box, given how steep the discount was up front. 
which means that your models end up paying for themselves. Then you end up with a, like, I have a closet worth of backlog um, that like did not cost at all close to what the actual MSRP is for the stuff in here. And it also means that like, when you get around to it, you're like, oh, cool. Like I wanna, Tau seem interesting. I'm gonna mess with that. Like I have like three random Tau Empire box sets from like four Christmases ago. Cause they had this amazing discount on like six crisis suits and a commander and a riptide you're like cool i'm gonna get to these oh, now. was that that uh apocalypse box set yeah boy yeah. I three that of those box came out. it was crazy so <laughs> bro it was uh, that so so everyone was not listening when when apocalypse when they relaunched apocalypse they came out with apocalypse battle forces for everything and they're all pretty good but then the towel one dropped and it was these, again these were like Christmas box set prices. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like two fifty, but realistically people were paying like two fifteen, two twenty. And if you were like really buddy buddy with your with your local GameStop, people were getting these for like I heard it was like as low as like one eighty and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So think about that. Think about it. potentially people were paying one eighty to two hundred for this, and they were getting a Riptide, two commanders, six Crisis suits, and thirteen drones. Yeah. It was insane. It was ridiculous. So yeah, so part of it is identifying like, I like Tau. This is probably never gonna happen again. I have the ability to do so. So like, I'm gonna buy three of these right now and just know that like, when I choose to play Tau in the future, these will be ready and like, I will have paid significantly less money than it'll cost me in the future. Um, and that's, yeah, that's typically what I do. Here's the, the downside of my approach is that like, I'm such a like, I don't want to do the work of stripping people's minis. So I'm really bad at the like buy the eBay lots. And that's that's where you get like a lot of savings when people are trying to offset, like you're just like, I'm trying to get out of the game, like somebody to get the stuff out of my house. Um, I am not good at taking advantage of those, but I'm huge on the like buy a box, strip it down, sell the parts at a steep discount to people who really want them and um, work from there. And I'll be honest, that's, that's kind of where I come in. Um, I went and grabbed the picture. Let me see if I can find it. Yes. There, there it is. Yeah. So <laughs> so back when 10th edition, so basically everyone always times the market wrong when they want to buy. So like one, like the big a big part of like buying armies wholesale, and I'm going to kind of use this kind of answer Sam's question, is the best way to buy a lot is – honestly with um with like one of your friends um then what and this i don't know if this is like a morally gray area or whatever but like something that like my team does um my local team is because we buy and sell a lot of armies uh is even though i personally am not on facebook um i have like a i have a burner account just for interacting with team usa or whatever but i'm not on that shit uh it's just a <laughs> wasteland <laughs> but I know a lot of people are on it for like Facebook Marketplace and everything, and there are a couple of good spots that are good to like buy like armies, whatever. But I, I don't personally, me personally, I don't usually like. I only buy armies from someone who I physically can't meet and see on eBay, just because a little bit of protection there, even though it does take a cut. Um, but just because you have protections as a buyer, there's ways you can do it with Reddit and Facebook, whatever. And if you're down with that, that's fine. Um, but one of the things, and this is, this is something that like my teammates do. And if this is morally okay, then I endorse it. If this is morally not okay, then I'm going to pretend that I don't endorse it. So you just take that how you will. But um, 
we'll keep an eye out on like Facebook Marketplace and like Reddit or whatever. We'll take a like look out for like lots. And basically we will have um, you know, if if we see a lot that someone's interested in, one person from our group will go in there and we'll just like lowball the crap out of the guy. They'll say no, we'll haggle a little bit, keep lowballing no. Then a second person from our group will lowball him a little bit or whatever. And like I like haggle with them and try to like figure out like where this guy's price is kind of like trying he's actually trying like what he's gonna settle for whatever yeah. you know and kind of get him a little bit closer then the person who actually wants to buy the army comes in and offers him like a hundred dollars below like kind of whatever he was where he was like willing to accept and usually we make the sale hey. so it's it's a it's a lot of times we go someone will sell like be listing an army for eight hundred and we're usually able to walk away like buying it for like five hundred so That's you are you are buying it from a willing seller at the market price. <laughs> it, helps, it helps have friends, but it's also it's it's it is nice to kind of have that smoke screen because you have someone someone who's a friend who's actually not interested in the sale. He just haggles, and he yeah. kind of like and he kind of like do the little haggling because you know the seller is always going to lowball and the or sorry the seller is always going to highball the the buyer is always going to lowball. And then they kind of meet yeah, in the middle. Yeah. So having so having that person go in ahead of you and try to like figure out like gauge where the seller's actual like break point of where they're willing to make a sale is kind of nice because then you as a buyer get to have that information when you go in, you make make a better informed purchase. Um, so that's something that that we do a lot. Definitely very ethically questionable, but <laughs> like whatever. Is it collusion? Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's definitely collusion. It is definitely collusion. Um <laughs> I, me personally, when I'm just like buying armies, though, like because I'm more geared towards um, playing competitive, going to events or whatever. Um, I do like to pay my armies well, but I do it for me usually. I rarely go for like best overall, or whatever. Sometimes people ask me, I'm like, look, my army looks great until you inspect it or like inspect the models closely, and there's a lot of like. There's a lot of shortcuts or stray brush marks, whatever that I haven't corrected. That's that would just take me out of any sort of serious contention for best overall. But the army looks great on the table and it's it's pleasing to me when I look with it, when I play with it, when it's on my my shelf and everything. And that's that's really all I care about. Um and it's and also this it's more of like immersion, like when you're playing, you know, like unless the train looks like ass, which does a lot of times at tournaments, but whatever. <laughs> um but anyhow, long story short, I like to ramble. Uh, I, t I like to buy low and sell high meta wise, because the meta really does dictate what is in stock and out of stock and what's, and the prices that things command. And so a lot of people like to buy when something is the hotness or when something's on the up and really you should just be buying armies when they're trash and then waiting for them to become good. Um, so this here. Zoom in a little bit. Hey. How's that look? This army right here was um, an alert I had set up on eBay. I was basically, I set up a price range of the budget um, on eBay, like for Death Guard lots. And I think I set it at like a max of 600 and then like a minimum of like 250 or 300 or whatever, because I didn't want partial lots. Um, and I basically wanted something that had minimal, minimal plague marines and then pox walkers. I ended up having to spend a bunch of money on plague marines anyhow because plague marines and rhinos are pretty good right now. But I really was trying to build a collection, not an army or specific list. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted something that had 
lots of Terminators. I wanted the three Playburst crawlers that anyone who's even dabbling in Death Guard is going to always have. Um, I wanted Blow Trones. I wanted my Fiddick White Haulers because buying my Fiddick White Haulers solo brand new is a great way to go broke very quickly. Um, Terminators, a lot of the characters, especially the ones from Dark Imperium that you can't really get anymore. So I was just, I had an alert set up. And every time that alert went off on eBay, I would look. And I'd be like, I would immediately just go and look and see how many how many Plague Marines and Poxwalkers it had versus anything else. And I just, I was like, nope, nope, nope. And eventually this one came across um, my screen. Um, this is And this is mostly painted now. I'm, I'm in the process. Of, it's all green, and I'm in the process of painting the trim, and I'm kind of doing the wash. Um, I'm working on it. Killer. Um, but I bought this back in June or July for about $450. That's so low. <laughs> for this. If I if I had bought if I had bought this same army uh after the balance data slate, and Death Guard weren't even meta, but they had just gotten a huge like bump up in rules or whatever, this army would probably easily go for like six hundred or seven hundred. Um well Price nothing, I don't even know. I don't even want to count on it. But like every single all this every single small vehicle is probably like 60 bucks. Yeah. Uh you're probably every three terminators. So every three death shroud is probably 60 bucks. Every five blight lords is probably 60 bucks. Uh plague marines come in units of seven for some reason. Um, I mean I know the reason, but it's stupid. But that's that's probably <laughs> like 50 bucks. So that is I mean, and that's just because of like meta and rules. Nothing. Nothing in the box itself or the the lot itself has changed value. I didn't even unbox. I didn't even unbox that army to check to see if the models were in one piece until like three days after the the data slate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did that a lot. I did that. Uh, I keep trying to start nids. And I keep failing like mm. terribly. Um, but I always buy them when they're trash. Um, but like I bought, I was buying nids back in like ninth edition when they were absolute garbage just the absolute worst of the meta yeah. and then um crusher stampede came out and then the codex came out boom boom and i, w I just wasn't playing them even though they were strong like, i played the crusher like a little bit because it was fun um mm -hmm. but like by the time the codex was coming out like i was already moved on to chaos knights and crusher was over and i was like well that was fun but <laughs> i'm playing with my chaos knights now and I'm, the leviathan the 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 ninth edition codex is insane, but I'm not really playing it whatever. But you couldn't buy harpies anywhere. Yeah, they were not existent. I had three. <laughs> Got them. So what I did is I basically I pulled out, and this is how this is basically, and I'm we'll answer this in the question later. So I think I saw this, but like when I sell stuff on eBay, what I do is anything that's like super hot, like meta hotness, I'll pull it out. And I'll basically just bundle everything else up and then I'll sell it at like 50 to 75% GW value because like you'll get it from your FLGS 85%. But, you know, yep. there's a little bit of depreciation there because it's got, you know, Cheeto prints and oil and crappy paint jobs or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, like 50 to 75%. And then the stuff that's meta, I'll just, I don't like price gouging people, but I'm, if people want to bid on it, that's fine. So I'll set the reserve yeah. at like, I don't know, like 60% GW, so I don't, don't lose my shirt over it. And I'll just set it to bid. And I sold the I sold the harpies for I think the lowest one sold for 130. That's I don't great. know who 
I don't know who's out there buying Harpies for 130 because they probably went like three and two, four and one at the GT anyhow. So mm-hmm. like, good job, buddy. Like, I get like, but people will do that. People were like yeah. crazy like that. So well, don't do um, that. Don't buy Harpies or the equivalent for 130 dollars because they're hot. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I just don't care. But people do that. Um, and so, like I said, if they want to bid against each other, like, go nuts. I'm not going to gouge anyone, but if people want to bid against yeah. each other, like, go nuts. But that is how you – that is the best way to kind of, like, if, if you're going to mess around with eBay, buy the crappy armies. Yeah. And everything that's bad becomes good. Everything that's good becomes bad. There's some models that – there's some units, some models that they, they just can never get right. Usually it's because – it's actually just because they can't find, like, an identity or a theme – for those models and so that's usually like when when things are bad for several editions that's usually why it's because the writers struggle to find like a theme of what that unit's supposed to do um but th- it's very circular especially if you split stick around multiple editions um man i think i think that kind of covers it is there anything we is there anything we missed i don't think so i think that was it don't go too crazy um don't hide your purchases from your significant other, if that's a thing. Um, don't hide purchases from yourself psychologically. This is a, it's a pretty expensive hobby. Yep. Be, be methodical about it. Take your hobby time. Do what you can to avoid a backlog if you can. Uh, I say that as I have a massive backlog, but it's getting smaller. Uh, yeah. And this, yeah, be on the lookout for Christmas box set deals because sometimes they really are great, and other times you get this weird combination of Space Marines and Outriders that you definitely should not buy. You're gonna see, you're gonna see Invaders and Outriders in every single box set from now, like until 2030. <laughs> to be honest, you just, just, you just are. Make them good. It's not hard. They were man. They were like really good at the start of ninth edition when like when a when a unit of three guys, a unit of three guys had like nineteen AP two damage one attacks, and like, that yeah. was insanity. Yeah, <laughs> like at the start of ninth edition. Oh, uh, those that was, actually, that was actually that was actually really fun. At the start of ninth edition when it was kind of like index ninth, and like the meta army was two Indominus boxes slapped together, right. <laughs> and then like. Pick, pick your favorite chapter character and then just put him in there, and that, that was it. That was like a meta army, and you could like totally, you could totally win a GT with that. I know. That was, that was actually a really fun time. Um, and that would be that would be yeah. really cool if if CK got a see. That was something that I had forgotten about, and now you put it in there. Now I'm gonna be a little bit sad, but yeah, a, a Chaos Knight named character would be pretty sweet. That would be dope. The upside, so this sort of relates to like. Again, a few weeks ago, it was like, oh, wait, three Rampagers and six War Dogs fits in there? I was like, ah, I bought three of the Chaos Knight box sets when they came out at my local game store at a discount because I was like, I love Big Boy Time. I'm on Imperial Big Boy Time now, but I will be on Chaos Knight Big Boy Time at some point in the future. And I was like, oh, cool, I will do this now. I'm like, it would cost me an outrageous amount of money to try to buy that retail now and like get it up and running. And now I don't have to. Like that purchase was made that's, a couple of years ago. I have to stress out about that's, that. That's how I got my start in CK as well. I bought um, I bought three of the box sets, um, but that was pretty all in at CK at that point. Um, yeah. And so I bought I bought eBay splits um, for two sets of the yeah. War Dogs, which got me up to ten War Dogs. So now I had three big guys and I had ten War Dogs. Um, so at that point, I was pretty much set and then like later on um 
later on when like when it became kind of clear that like Wardog spam was like a build that was like viable. Um I went and bought like a one box of Wardogs for my FLGS and that got me to no, I bought two because I at one point I was running the 14 dog list and so I just I kept them all. I still have 14 dogs. Um but yeah, I have yeah. now I have three big guys. Two more big guys showed up out of nowhere. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> I have the Lancer, I have the Tyrant, and I have 14 more dogs, and I, I think I'm set. Yeah. yeah, you're like done forever with that faction. Like it's just oh yeah, and all the war dogs are finally they're finally all yeah. painted, so that feels good. That feels really good. I never thought I was gonna finish. Um oh uh the last thing we didn't we forgot to talk about was model traders like warpfire, uh troll trader, um uh, what's the other one thing about? Um, Mind Taker Miniatures, but they don't do quite as much business as other ones. Discount and even games? Like discount games, one? I think. Uh, Frontline Gaming does it too, or whatever. Um, that is... Here, let me just show you what I do a lot of times. This is what I do. We are going to go right back down into the sharing screen. Oh, there we go. Boom. So this is... A lot of times this is what I do sometimes Dang. where like I'm not really I'm not really doing anything. I will just do this. I'll go over here to Warhammer 40k, we'll go chaos, and then we'll go right here to this drop down and we'll go to newest items. And we'll just scroll. Deals. Deal hunting. Hey, look, 30% deal You get whatever this is, whatever that is, you're like, oh, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like, hey, do you want do you want some rubrics? It's kind of a little bit custom. It looks like they slammed, like, like they made these out of Legionnaires or whatever, but that, that totally passes for rubrics. You know? Yeah. The, uh, Those are great. In there. Yeah. yeah. This That's is, great this is also. 36 bucks. Um, Someone actually bought these. Were I was wondering what these were going to sell. These were here. These were up for like almost like a month, two months. Oh, and I was like, man, who's going to? I was like, is someone actually going to buy these? Like, How's maybe. It looks like, like um, B worms, maybe. Those are very cool. They, they, they were cool, but like, no one really wanted them. They were up for like a month and a half. Glad to see someone finally bought them. Zangers, I don't know why anyone. I mean, I, th I think maybe if anything, you buy these just so you don't have to paint them because they're already painted. Like, a lot of times yeah. when I buy eBay lots or whatever, if they look, if they are like painted to this level, I just won't touch them. I might I might rebase just so they match my army, but like a lot of my a lot of my used lots or like patchwork lots or whatever, I just don't even bother. Uh when I was building that 90 demonette list, oh, my, my, my demonettes like don't match at all. Because yeah. I am not I was I was literally paying not to us not to assemble and paint them. Oops. Yeah. Damn, Outside of demons, you know, they come in all different shapes, sizes, and colors. So it's all good. Ex exactly. So yeah, let you scroll down. I mean, look at this. We have uh, says incomplete, but there says they're good. There was um, there was some Legionnaire sprues, like just full on sprues that were going for like 30, 35 bucks, which is great. Um, yeah, you got some all sorts of demons. Looks this looks like yeah 20, 20 Legionnaires, and then four Greater Possessed, which Greater are. Possessed. Well, greater possessed are basically the the new possessed scale, but it's just a sculpt you can't buy anymore. Yeah. So I mean, like that's so that's something 
that's something I do a lot. As far as like selling to Warpfire, basically um, what I do is if I no longer, um, if I'm selling stuff, so like the hot typic items, I will I will bid them, you know, let them go to bidding war, stuff like that. The rest of the stuff I will just list as a lot for like 50 to 75% GW and I'll try to sell it. Um, if it's not selling or if it's not moving, I will take out some of the stuff that like just I'm probably never going to get rid of, you know, and then I'll I'll pull it like stuff like Zang or stuff like Poxbar, you know, or, or just like units. Units are just like terrible or like the or the paint scheme is just awful or the or the, the paint job is terrible, stuff like that, you know, pull stuff out like there. So that way the cost of the lot goes down, relist it so there's less fat and there's more meat. And then the stuff that you just can't get rid of, that's the stuff you take to Warp Fire. That's the stuff you take to FLG. And then you just try to, you're just trying to get something, you know, yeah. you're like, please, love God, just take this off my hands, you know. That's it. Yeah, that is that is how how we personally like buy and sell armies, um, new armies, you know. And then obviously, like, there's obviously like 3D printing and stuff like that and stuff as well. Which you yeah, know, whole- I know it's a little bit. It it definitely opens up a philosophical discussion. You know, kind of ship a thesis kind of thing when you bring in like the the 3D printing and the models or combining or whatever. But that is a way to stretch your hobby dollars. A lot of times you have. Yeah, like you have the hive tyrant. All you need is one torso. You have a second hive tyrant. Uh, Invocatus. All you need is a juggernaut. You know, a blood crusher. You can print one, or you can get a one from like a demon demon kit or whatever. Boom, your sixty dollar kit now just became two thirty dollar kits. Um, so there's a lot of little stuff you can do like that. Um, so always kind of be look out of ways to like maximize your value that way. But if you if you stay in this game, this hobby long enough, and you are being smart when you're selling and you're being smart when you're buying, you can actually kind of get to the, you can kind of get some recursion going a little bit where like you start to recoup a lot of those costs that you paid. Like the first year or two in the hobby is very expensive. And then, but if you're smart about it, you can actually kind of, it's like get the recursion going. You can make the, you can make the hobby tenable and sustainable. I'm not going to say you're going to make it cheap, but you can make it to the point where it's like, it's just got momentum and now it's just going on its own. The real issue you're going to start running to is storage. Like, we're going to keep all this stuff. That's a whole yeah. different topic. <laughs> oh, all space. right, man. Uh, what do you say we scroll down to questions? Let's hit them. If I can find, God, we have so, our Discord is huge now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, if you are watching and you're in the Discord and you posted an X1 question locker and not in the thread, please post it in the thread now before I get to scroll to the bottom. Otherwise, I will miss it because we have conversations in the X1 question locker. And unlike the main show, I don't I don't stop people from having the conversations. I just let people have it. But the downside is your question will totally get missed. Okay, uh, from Ennis, how do I stop myself buying the Ingram Knox? That's the neat part. You don't. No. You don't. I'm not going to try to stop you. <laughs> Buy three. Sell the two hand grounds. Live the dream. Yeah. You don't have an excuse now. You'll find, you'll find, you'll buy, you'll buy several and somehow you'll come out of it getting paid. So <laughs> GW is actually paying you to buy Ingram. <laughs> um, from Sam, Sam Lemon, uh, he put us in the wrong, well, he didn't put it in the wrong place. I haven't made the thread yet. But for tomorrow's show today, how do you balance supporting your FLGS with your hobby expenditure? Noting other avenues like online retailers, drop shipping from the UK, or other alternatives are frequently much cheaper. Um, so generally, 
I usually I'm I'm always going in there and I'm getting just small little like doodads like um mm -hmm. like paint and like maybe the brushes even though I have um like the nice like rosemary and company brushes or whatever um they're almost like too nice where I, like <laughs> I finally I find like I don't want to use them a lot you know I'm kind of like I'm kind of like Ugh. like you know like I don't use it for metallics I don't use them for contrast and kind of like and sometimes I'm being like a little I'm one of those guys who brushes their teeth super hard, you know what I mean? So like a lot of times I, I paint that way, like the paint. I'm like jabbing the model with the paintbrush. So like, so it's like it's like just... hard, man. Like a lot of times, a lot of times it's like too good. Like it's like too good to use. I'm like oh, crap. But, so I go through a lot of crappy brushes. Um, so a lot of little like consumables, you know, and then usually like a snack or a soda or whatever, um, from local game store. Um, but usually like once a month, once a, once a month, or like once a paycheck or something like that. Um, I'll go in there and I'll just I'll just toss them a bone. Something that I totally could have bought somewhere else for cheaper. It's like, hey man, I could have I could have bought this for fifty one dollars online, but I'm in here in person. I'm paying fifty or sixty dollars, but it's not, bro. It's nine dollars, you know, whatever, yeah. something like that. It doesn't have to be huge, but you do that a couple times a year. Like it, it makes more of a difference than you think. Yeah. So that's usually what I do. Is I, I just toss them a bone like once a month or something like that. Yeah, I do all of my if if hobby supplies that I'm interested in are available at my local game store, like that's my spot. I just drive over, see what's up. Um, the owner is real cool. Um, hopefully, Anthony will be coming there to run some uh, tutorial sessions in the future. And Sam, I can't help it; they're too nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, know, you don't want to use your nice brushes on that stuff; it'll wreck them. It's tough. Um, Amazon, baby, those cheap plastic ones. But yeah, yeah, I get all my like hobby stuff from the store. And occasionally I'll just get like, like I have 40K is not my only tabletop or gaming interest, right? So like, I'm like starting to get interested in Infinity. I really like the Aleph faction. I might get involved with that. I'm going to get all that stuff from my local game store because I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about that. There's a bunch of like Infinity experts there. So that's super exciting. Um, board, actual board game stuff like that. Really into those. DD, yes. like. Games. Those are all pickups from the local shop. You know, you got to yeah. just, just, just toss them a bone. Um, not all of this has to be like spreadsheet hammer. Um, you can just, <laughs> you can just eat the cost. It's like it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's like when people drive all the way across town to like fill up on gas for like five cents a gallon cheaper. You know, like what when you actually. When you actually look at the cost to fill up your car, it's like a five or six dollar difference. Like at the yeah. end of it, it's like, man, like just like once a month or whatever, just just toss them a bone. It's not a big deal. And you, also just you will not you will not notice it in the long run. They certainly will. And let me tell you what, if if you're the guy who comes in there and you and you you toss them a bone like once or twice a month for twelve months straight, you're gonna reap your you're gonna really reap the rewards when that that store owner knows your name. And you ask them if he can kind of like hook you up the box set and you get it for like way cheaper than you would have normally. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, there is a little bit of like, there can be a little bit of like a selfish benefit there too. It also just feels um, like nostalgia talking. It just feels good going into a physical store and like getting the thing in an actual store versus an order from Amazon or something else that just like shows up like, I get in theory it's more convenient, but I don't know. There's something to like walking over or driving over to a spot, talking to a real human, having a conversation, buying a thing, heading back home. Yeah. 
There's a little bit of anticipation of like driving home with it. You're like, oh, I can't wait. To like, yay! <laughs> and then you build, you build, you build one model, and you're like, oh, I'm tired. You go to sleep. I'll finish the rest of the world. Uh, let's see. Um, from Griggs Gregorios, how do you deal with GW supply shortages? E.g., do you only buy boxes you need right now, or do you also buy boxes you anticipate needing sometime in the future, just because they're available now and might not be available in the future? Um, a very real thing. So post there was a couple things that happened kind of like post pandemic um i believe one the pop the player base population exploded in ninth edition and then it exploded again in 10th edition so it is exponentially bigger than it was in eighth edition um because we weren't really we didn't really have these supply chain issues back then and then the pandemic happened and then so we're just kind of logistically in all sorts of markets, we are kind of dealing with the the kind of aftershock effects of that, uh, especially if any kind of overseas shipping is involved. Um, which there's a lot of really cool videos on it that you can you can find them out there. You can watch them on. It's really really educational. We won't get into it. It's outside the scope of the show. Um, but then the last thing is, um, I'll be honest, I completely forgot what the last thing I was going with. So it was. Uh, <laughs> population exploded pandemic and man, I'll, I'll, I'll probably just randomly remember it they did a bunch of infrastructure improvements to their actual like production facility that was it, that was it. Yeah. yes they they switched i believe they i believe their enterprise system i think they migrated that yeah which i don't know much about that but basically that's like that's business stuff that's basically how they keep track of like orders coming in orders going out inventory all sorts of stuff like that or whatever and talking to friends, they say that like it always goes terribly in every company. It's always just an absolute shit show. Um, so anyhow, that's the why. But the long story short is, yes, if I'm building a collection, then I will sometimes um, buy a little bit more than I think I need, just because it might just it just might go out of stock. Especially if it's a if it's a what we call a white box item. Uh, so if you go to your FLG, you'll notice that most most of the kits have like the new artwork, whatever stuff like that. You know they kind of like started moving to in tenth edition, ninth edition, whatever. Um, it's kind of like color coded by army, whatever. But sometimes you'll have a white box that just says Game Citadel or Games Workshop on the front of whatever, and then like on the top left, the top right, it'll just have like a little white sticker, and it'll say like Tyranid X Queen or like Corn Lord of Skulls or something like that. If you think you need that item and it's not a fine cast piece of crap, you need to get it because those white box items are generally, um, those are online order only usually, and those don't usually get pushed to the GW stores. Um, Someone who's a little more involved with FLG can come in and correct me, but usually basically when the stores do their orders, they basically put a wish list of what they want. Um, and then their their local rep will try to fulfill that. But then there's also a bunch of items that the GW says you must have this on your shelf and you must show it. You must have it like whatever or whatever. So that stuff gets pushed to them. Um, so usually the stuff that's in a white box is stuff that's either might potentially, you know, I don't know what, maybe the mold is getting old or maybe like they're just not producing anymore or maybe it's like getting ready to get reboxed. When it gets reboxed, it's usually unavailable for several months, if not longer. Um, so that kind of stuff is like almost like a unicorn if you see like a white box item. 
So that'd be my tip for that. Should be like, yes, buy a stuff, especially if it's a white box. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to my my purchasing approach is super rooted in like, do I like the way this model looks? And will it produce a do I have the ability to use this model to produce an army that I will also like the look and feel of? Uh, so it's, it's like less influenced by meta. And to Sam's point, again, I'm going to keep coming back to this, but like when you're building out a faction or starting a new faction, you're really building out a collection so that in the future, there will be an endpoint at which you're like, oh, great. Like, I don't have to buy things anymore. I have what I need to play, regardless of what happens uh, with my army and balance approaches. So I think there's, you really, it's, it, it's got to feel right when you're putting them on the table and buying with that in mind, and which really comes with like a healthy dose of like knowing yourself and what your tendencies are on the table helps a lot with that. Um, from Tom H, bit of an opposite thought. What's the best way to trim down on hobby excess? I have more armies than I'll ever play, but the idea of some cost keeps getting away. I was kind of in the same boat not too long ago. Um, to the point where like my wife just makes fun of me for just having hobby ADHD. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's that, there's that dopamine hit of like, you're like, you get an idea or you see an army like on stream or you see battle reports of an army or whatever. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. You see people play like the way it plays and do things, whatever. Like, Oh man, that, that army looks cool. That interaction is cool. And the play style is awesome. Like I totally really get behind that. You kind of like chase that dragon a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, there's been so, several armies that I've owned several times. Um, I think I think I think every third year I own a custodies army. I just I just can't I just cannot help myself, man. It just keeps happening. They're the best. It's the best faction, and they look so good. Just keep them. I mean, but there's also like there's also like no opportunity cost. Like especially now they're kind of like. They're so away from Forge World. Right. There's like no, there's like no opportunity cost to selling them. It feels like, um, yeah. so yeah, I, I have one in my garage. I'm telling my, I'm telling myself I might put it together. I even bought like little, I even bought the little armies painter like custom bases. So you just, I can just paint them on a, on like you know, just the model and then plop it on or whatever. But I don't know. There's, a, there's a real good chance I might get rid of it because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just, I really am trying to trim down to just orcs and chaos which by the way is still like seven factions um <laughs> and orcs orcs honestly orcs almost have as many models as, as like the entire chaos so like choices. super faction like there's orcs have so many models it's insane yeah. um so i have actually been kind of slowly divesting in anything that's not orcs and chaos for that reason and I will say there's an asterisk next to Thousand Sons because I don't really play that art that army, but um, I have a sprinkle. I have a couple box sets that I bought, like using the th stuff we talked about earlier in this episode. Um, but I did want to have Magnus just case, just case Bash Brothers ever became legal again, because um, <laughs> that list rocks. Um, and then I have a handful of rubrics for like splashing the CSM because um, they can be handy sometimes with the flamers. Um, but I kind of saw it as a way to kind of like, you know, for RTTs or whatever, just play something that's outside my wheelhouse, get used to it. Yeah. But anyhow, the best way to, um, the best way to divest and get rid of that stuff is honestly just kind of find your, your kind of wheelhouse, I guess. Um, 
figure out what your wheelhouse is. Is your wheelhouse like an aesthetic? Is your wheelhouse a um, a play style? Is your wheelhouse a super faction? I want to sit like I, I part of me wants to go like the touchy feel you like does it spark joy or is it something you enjoy? But that's kind of like what got us into this play this mess in the first place. <laughs> you got to make it a little little bit more concrete. So like for me, like I set the boundaries. I'm like I fucking love orcs. I fucking love chaos. That's it. That is my those are my hard borders. Yes, there's other armies that I like that I want to play outside of that, but I don't have the money to commission people. I certainly don't have the time to paint all that crap, let alone be like competent on it. Like you just do the linear flow of time. Like I those are my hard boundaries. Yeah. Um and it's it's actually been great because now my my um impulse purchasing has gone way down. It feels like I'm not backsliding in hobby progress because I am like getting through the backlog because the backlog is now shrinking instead of growing, you know. So there's some light in the tunnel. But that would be, that would be my my recommendation, I guess, is go beyond the what sparks joy and actually figure out your box that you want to like be in, you know, play style, super faction, um, aesthetics, something tangible and concrete. You say. This is what I'm going to buy and hobby and operate in. Anything outside of that, I'll just I'll just enjoy it vicariously. Or if I really need to, I'll just borrow it. I'll just borrow it for an RTT from a friend, you know, or two friends, and I'll play it for an RTT. I'll get it out of my system, and then I'm just not going to own it, and I'll give it back. So yep. that's what I would recommend. Yeah. I think for, for me, I tend to have – one hard and fast rule about getting rid of models which is that like if i've hobbied it up i'm not gonna sell it um again because i'm like so no not primarily yeah honestly primarily hobby focused when it comes to playing the game like i get a lot of joy of like the assembly and the magnetization and the the painting and the like effects and all like all that stuff is where i get my joy out of it um and then i'm like pretty honest about what time I have. Like I remember when the sisters re refresh happened in eighth edition, I was like, these models look incredible. Like I totally want to hobby these up. And then I got some. And I was like, oh no, there's no like I'm gonna spend six months hobbying up like two thousand points worth of miniatures to to where I want them to be. And that I don't have time for that. So like sorry, that's like off the table. Um it and took, then it took me an entire pandemic entire pandemic to get those things parade ready yeah i was just like that i like looked at them looked at the level of detail and said like this just isn't gonna happen like sorry see you later um and then i also like i can't do anything that's like horror swarm so like i have tyranids but i have like tyranid big bugs almost exclusively like i can't do anything involving running 40 gargoyles plus 60 hormigods plus 100 like that's just not in the cards for me um and so that helps like trim down while I might have like multiple faction interests, my like type of model interest is pretty narrow based on time constraints. Sweet. Um, this way. All right. What are, oh, this is a good question from Griggs again. Uh, what mm -hmm. are some good and some bad reasons to start collecting a new army? Oh boy. Bad is uh, it's currently powerful in the meta. Don't do that. Yes. I will also piggyback on you. Um, bad if bad if it's good in the meta, if it's really good in the meta, um, especially if it's good in the meta just because everything is under costed. Yeah. 
Because that's gonna that's gonna lead you to um, FOMO buying, impulse buying, and then you're gonna be, and then when it inevitably gets brought back down to earth, you're gonna have more stuff that you spent hobbying and buying and building and all that kind of stuff. And now you just, and now you just have to like get rid of like a third of it. Yeah. And that's assuming that's assuming that they didn't absolutely just crater the army. And now, <laughs> now, and now you're looking at a now you're looking at potentially emotionally selling it for a loss. Yeah. Um, or sunken cost fallacy. You stick with the faction, and then you pivot, and you have to buy a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't have. Um, so it's very easily to like kind of like emotionally spiral, especially if you're chasing like the highs and lows of like meta stuff. Yeah. Um, I would. Good reasons to start an army. Um, you like the aesthetic. It's um, obviously you like the aesthetic. You like the playstyle. Uh, if if the army has a more fleshed out theme, usually it means it has a more fleshed out playstyle, which means it isn't going to suddenly change playstyles on you when a new codex or edition comes out. Um, this happened to me with Sisters. Uh, the eighth edition, what really got me into Sisters when they had the model refresh. I love the Gothic kind of vibe. Uh, I love the eighth edition um, Bloody Rose playstyle. Oh, and so ninth edition, they changed. They moved away from that. Tenth edition, they kind of moved away again. But World Eaters came out, and I honestly haven't. I still like Sisters. Like, well, it's more like the the guy from um, from Ahsoka. He's like, I like the idea of it, you know. So I very much like like the idea of Sisters right now. But ever since they moved to the ninth edition Codex and kind of gone more towards like the leaned into the dice manipulation and combined arms and that kind of stuff. Um, and then World Ears kind of came out. World Ears were what was what I started. You know, Corn and Chaos Space Marines is what I got into in third edition. That's how I started 40K. Uh, so when World Ears came back out um, and it had like that play style of eighth edition Bloody Rose kind of Rhino Rush, I was kind of like, just didn't look back. I was like, we're home. Here we are. Um, but generally, any if you like this set of good army, if you like the playstyle, if if that army is like kind of like a legacy army that has been established in the company or in the business model for a long time, usually it's a safe purchase. So stuff like even though they're a subscription service, <laughs> when you buy Marines, when you buy Marines. You you kind of like know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, they're very good all rounders, and even though they're going to come out with like a new Primaris kit once a quarter, you still kind of generically know what you're getting into. Um, orcs have been around forever. They've been going. It's they not as much as Marines, but they've kind of been going through like a slow burn kind of like a lineup refresh. But if you like it, they have it. They have they have. Fast infantry and transports. They have shooting castles. They have vehicular like mayhem. You know, they have weird animals. You know, play farmhouse with your with your weird pigs. They have they they have it all. Um, so they're cool. Like they did, like everyone loves orcs. Um, so like stuff like that. Chaos chaos space marines or chaos in general. Like those are well established thematic armies that like are not really going to like get flipped upside down. From addition to addition, like when you yeah. play Chaos Space Marines, you generally know what you're getting into. When you play Demons, you generally know what you're getting into. Even Knights, 
big stoppy robots. You know, like they're gonna they're gonna be roughly the same. Yeah. Eldar, um, same vibe. Yep. So stuff like honestly, uh stuff like sisters. I mean, I think they're kind of starting to kind of get their own right now, but like I'll be honest, looking back on it, like if I go back and tell my past self. Sisters, when they came out with a new book, was actually kind of like a very risky purchase because it's a very expensive army. And that same edition, they had a beta codex. So they, they were gone forever. They were gone for like decades, essentially. And then they came out with the beta codex. And then they came out with like kind of like a pamphlet kind of codex and then debate edition. And then like, and then they've been kind of like, their theme has been changing. So honestly, a very risky purchase from a playstyle perspective. Yeah. Um, Votan, Votan a little bit too, to be honest. They are, they're good right now, but they're good mostly because their points are so low and they're so new. They've been gone for so long. They're still trying to figure out what their play style is. Yeah. And they still have a whole second wave. So if you like them, like if you like the short Kings, like you go girl, like do what you want to do. But if you're like, look, if you're looking at them, you're like, I like these guys because of the play style, just mentally prepare yourself for the fact that they that GW may decide to go a different direction with them when their new codex comes out and the second wave comes out and the playstyle you fell in love with they may never go back to that. Yep. So, yeah. Factions with are riskier, just inherently riskier. Yeah. Yeah. I think weirdly enough, I think like Admech is kind of that way too. Like they're supposed to be like a shooty faction, but they started like bringing in these things that are like less and less shooty and they've just been all over the place so they feel yeah. like they're so expensive they're so expensive like just a hobby and everything so like they feel risky too the question i guess the question i would the question i ask myself um both due to my quality as a player and due to my approach to the game when i'm like buying new or in the past i guess because i haven't bought new models in a minute when i'm buying new models or starting a new faction is like am i good just going to and three at an rtt with this faction like will i still have a fun game every game if I lose and come out of that event being like, you know what? Obviously losing is less fun than winning, but I still had a blast based on play style, model, aesthetic, hobby, all that other, all the intangible stuff. Uh, and if the answer to that question is yes, then like, yeah, you should feel comfortable starting the new faction, but be really, really clear that the answer to that question is in fact, yes. And that you're not just like gaslighting yourself into doing it to get the uh, new stuff dopamine hit. Uh, yeah, it did. So I'll definitely pivoted. The bikes will come back. The bikes will come back eventually. Yeah, I mean, they're too, they're so iconic. Like, they'll be back. Um, they still slam, though, it, close combat. Just, they're just not like auto versus anything melee anymore. Don't get rid of your bikes. Keep your bikes. They'll come back. Yeah. Um, cool. Next question. That was a great question, Gray. He's kind of like, let us go a little bit philosophical there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think, I think, I think that kind of question the good and bad reasons like i think it really does cut to the kind of the core of the hobby i think everyone's just really quick to get that canned response but like oh why would you like the look of and it just anthony had a great point his first army that he wanted to play was death guard because he liked the look of them and then like he just then he found out that he just hated the play style and like that and that's an entrenched theme Super of death guard important. yeah they're all they're always slow Sometimes they're durable. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> you know, but it's just like um it really is the content. Yeah. But I mean I, I really do kind of like what they're doing with like contagious stuff, you know, like where they, they debuff you like 
it's it's kind of like inevitable and then when they inevitably get there like they they start debuffing you and they start getting worse and i think good theme. i think i think we're kind of like i think gw we kind of see this a lot of factions they kind of gw like enters a decaying orbit with faction themes <laughs> and so when you first pass the celestial hey we're sticking to the nasa stuff okay? hey. when you first when you first when you first pass the celestial body and you get into its gravity well what happens? You overshoot the shit. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. You go way out. But when you come <laughs> back, you kind of start like you kind of start dialing it in. I think um I don't know. I feel I feel good about the death card purchase. Um the don't worry, I'm not a death card main, but I do like chaos. Um and I do they seem to really be kind of like honing in on what they want death card to be. And like durability is part of it, but it really feels like the inevitable we we make you worse as we get closer so you gotta like i think i think they're kind of like closing in on that and i would like to see them do that i think eventually they'll get there with botan eventually they'll get there with sisters yep. hopefully they get there with admech because i feel like that's a big part of the reason why admech isn't good is just because like they're so unfocused as a theme yeah they know what the identity um, is there which is crazy because yeah. admech is such a deep i don't know it's just like a lot of lore yeah. and flavor there for to, to dive into i don't know Yep. But yeah, that is, that is also, if you want an idea if an army is going to be good or bad, like take a look about, read the rules, like really read the rules and be like, is there a clear theme here that's dialed in? If there is, and the army just happens to be bad, it'll probably get fixed within a, a doubt of slate or two. If the army is unfocused and there's no clear theme, then they're just going to be throwing darts at the dartboard. And then eventually they'll just give up and they'll just cut the cost of everything by like 40%. <laughs> yay leaves yay um jake b does anyone have a truck and want to help me move this weekend i, don't have a truck. I used to have a truck i used to have a truck but i kept getting asked questions like that so i got rid of it uh, i feel i feel bad for you man moving sucks it so, does uh, from Luke, as someone who bought an older Christmas box a few years ago, I didn't really need any tips on selling it off, where to sell it piecemeal, or save a ton of hassle selling it wholesale. How do you price that? This is a person who's never sold anything on the eBay equivalent. Um, we'll go back to what we said before. If there's something in there that's meta, pull that out and like start a bid war or sell it like at like just sold it at, like 85%, you know, 75, 80% value, like get get paid. Yeah. Um, the rest of it just just um part it out and like yeah just part it out is usually the best way and then like let it there's i don't know how to build them but there's um i've seen things with people like list an entire set and then they have like the subsets and it's kind of like do the drop down like what you want or whatever that's that's actually the easiest way to do it um and then if if something doesn't sell after a month just take it to at Take it to frontline gaming or like warfire or whatever and just and just get some trade in value from it. They'll probably give you like 40 to 50 percent, you know, maybe, but yeah. it's better than nothing. And then if if you're one if your hot ticket item like did well in the bidding, like you'll you'll still come out ahead. Yeah. Other two things if you want to avoid eBay or you just you don't want to do it for your first time around, you can go your local game store Discord, probably has a channel around like trading, selling, bartering, that kind of thing. Um or hit up like again i'm not on facebook just like tim but like facebook marketplace is a whole thing or go to the uh mini swap subreddit and just post post what you've got if you like list stuff for 20 to 30 percent off people usually pick it up pretty quick um grant says also don't forget to use test armies on tts um, yes to, 
definitely valid. Um, sometimes, sometimes all it takes is you play one or two games with an army that you think is cool, and you're like, oh my god, this yes. is not for me. Um, but now you know. So the vibe is a little bit different on TTS, but you can you can also definitely kind of like figure it out. Like within like two or three games, you can kind of be like, okay, this is that's out of my system. Or you can be like, okay, yeah, no, I I'm kind of digging it. Because some armies like they're powerful and you play them, and you're just like, it just doesn't resonate with you at all. Um from Preston, what do you miss the most? Um, through rose-tinted glasses, I miss the 90s. Just generally, what do I miss the most? That's just what he put. So I uh, just open it up. Uh, I don't know. That's a huge question. I don't know whether this is correct, but I miss the feeling of waking up on Saturday morning, an 11-year-old, and being like, hell yeah, cartoons are on. I don't have school today. I'm eating my favorite cereal, and like X-Men the Animated Series is about to drop. Yes, yes. This Amazing. Today Saturday is amazing. already an amazing day. I go. It was, it was, it was like extra special to me because like my, my dad who commuted like three hours a day to him from DC. Oh. Um, he, Every day, five days a week. Um, yeah, he loved to watch his news on Saturday morning. Um, and for the longest time, we only had one TV in the house. That's hard. But my dad was like not the guy that like 10 9 10 11 year old me was gonna ask but like hey man <laughs> can we uh, <laughs> can i watch sorry like, cartoons he'd be like no go outside and go play with like sticks or something like that you know so like he'd be, like you shouldn't even be inside you know like so yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like extra special when i got to watch uh saturday morning x-men because it was like oh, I, so I just had to hope that like for some reason like my dad was just like doing something else like not watching news or something yeah. like that you know like um, I certainly wasn't about to go like try to change the channel or anything like that. Like, not, Hell no. Mm, Hell no. Um, but yeah, once we got the once we got the second TV in the basement, then it was like it was game on the Saturday. The dream. Yeah. Well, when that theme song came on, like yeah. it was so good. Yeah. But yeah, generally, I admit, like that for me, like just general like nostalgia of the '90s. Uh, it also felt like a lot of the problems of the world were smaller back then. We probably just didn't know about as many of them. I missed when my most pressing responsibility was doing homework. Wow. Mm -hmm. I still fucked that up somehow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's all right. I turned on one, I think. Uh, (laughs) Next next question (laughs) from uh, Jameson, which, by the way, that that angry little cinnamon toast crunch makes me laugh every his discord profile picture makes me laugh every time i see it are you do you have discord open right now i do let me switch over to it <laughs> his profile picture is like this cinnamon toast crunch just like <laughs> <Yeah>. glaring <laughs> all right yeah, for, for the people for the people listening on Spotify and podcasts, I apologize. But yeah, join yeah. join our Patreon, join our Patreon, join Discord. You see what we're laughing about. <laughs> um, do you have any Do you have any experience getting family involved in 40k with you, or is this something you like to keep on the side just for you? Pros and cons of each approach. Um, I think it really just it really depends on like what your family or significant other is kind of like into. Um, my wife Cindy, she 
she thinks the hobby is cool as like an observer or spectator. She's, you know, overheard like conversations with me, like discord calls, voice calls, coaching calls, team calls, that kind of stuff, whatever, you know, um, she's heard me talking about it. She kind of generally knows the concept, but when I think maybe also like her perspective and window of it is that of the wife of someone who is like hyper-focused and hyper-competitive. So she just hears me like memorizing like stats and like, like high level concepts and like, and like mental stuff and just like rules for like 20 different armies, whatever. And that probably sounds like insanely intimidating uh, with the jargon and everything like that. Um, so she's pretty much made up her mind that she it's not really a game she can play. We played a little like we played like small like five hundred point thousand point games of Sigmar and stuff like that. And she liked that. She really enjoyed that. Um, she might enjoy tenth edition. I don't know. Um, but she has her own hobbies, you know, so it's not a big deal. She does enjoy the kind of like the lore, and she enjoys like looking at the models, seeing them on the table, coming to visit, like you know, because I my game store is three minutes away from my house, and she'll pop in sometimes, and she likes seeing everyone catching up with everyone. Um, so she enjoys like the hobby adjacent stuff um my kid loves the models so he is probably i would say probably about like it's gonna be a while now like five six seven years in the future i could totally see like maybe kind of like getting him into it and stuff like that and it could be like be like a thing that like we get into or whatever um but that's kind of where my experience uh ends um some of my cousins their significant others they play a little bit but i think they play more more casually and they're like several states away so i don't know maybe maybe something could happen there but that's yeah. about it I, that doesn't really answer your question but that's just kind of my experience yeah, that's cool i have not had a i think tim similar to your to your wife my wife likes that i like it it's like a cool like i used to like paint and draw and stuff back when i was in school and she's like this is a cool way it's cool to see this being applied in this way and i like sure like I have an Instagram account that's only for painting. Um, and not I, not that I'm posting a bunch of stuff, just like follow a lot of people that are really talented and you just, I'll just be like, check this out. She's like, I can't believe how talented some of these people are. Um, there was one time though, when Blackstorm, oh, dog baby, hey Pooch. Oh, he's, he's, he's been under the dust the entire, the entire Um When Blackstone Fortress came out, I picked that up because I'm obsessed with like the Warhammer quests vibe um like i have a copy of the original one it's amazing every now and then i break it out and play it um but when blackstone purchase came out picked it up we played it like that weekend with my wife her sister-in-law her then fiance now husband uh, and a couple of buddies of mine and my sister-in-law is a she's a dancer on broadway she's on one of the shows and like her ability to take in the rules and completely internalize them immediately with perfection was like one of the craziest things I had ever seen happen in real time. Like we basically like did a, what, a clean read through and she was like, okay, I got it, let's go. And like, she was in fact running the game and was really excited about it, um, which is really cool. I think it has something to do with like memorizing choreography. It was just like, oh yeah, it asked and why and all that stuff. Um, but that was that was maybe the one time where like we actually were we were all actually playing um, the games workshop game together and having a lot of fun doing it. That's pretty cool. I um yeah. Yeah, I said I I think 
kind of waiting to see, but um, when the the new Epic comes out, um, I might see if I can get her into that. Yeah. Just because um, there is that is a very good game for I, they're, all, they're only going to have like Marine, I think Marine and like um, the Horse Heresy version of Guard I yeah. think is like their only factions but that um, they said if that does well they're going to expand it. That's also a very easy game system for like 3D printing and house ruling. Oh yeah. Um, we've done, I've done that with with um, Battlefleet Gothic where I've just 3D printed two fleets and I've used it when some of my, my 40k buddies if like they a lot of times so a lot of them like my 40k buddies like my my wife and their wife like hit it off or whatever and so we've had their family come over and stuff like that you know we'll have like you know like barbecue and the kids will play with each other the wives will talk whatever and it'll just be me and the guy and like we're just sitting there and we're like it's kind of like a little too much to like just set up a 40k game and start playing you know while the wife and kids are there or whatever but just being able to set up like a small you know, three foot by three foot mat and play like a 40k adjacent game is pretty dope. Um, so, so we've done that with uh, Gothic, where it's just, we just set up, a, there's no terrain. Yeah. So you just set up like a three by three mat and we pull out our 3D printed ships and we just start trying to figure out this game from like the 90s, 2000s, like fire cells where the rules are just like insane. Yeah, yeah. And so we've had a lot of fun doing that. I can totally see doing the same thing with Epic. Um, yeah. and that's a very, that those type of adjacent games that kind of get forgotten about are very good for like 3D printing for house ruling stuff like that. So I could totally see like printing like an epic orc army or an epic elder army or something like that, you know, and like or an epic sisters army or whatever, and just maybe get my wife hooked that way. Whereas like just a little bit less of a buy-in. Team Battlefleet Gothic might be top three best sets of rules they've ever released ever. It's so yeah. good. Uh, it's um, for anyone who hasn't played it. It's kind of like it's like it's like it's similar to BattleTech, in a way. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just like the ships can't stop. It's kind of like flyers in yeah. 40k. Like they can't stop. Like, yeah. So you have to like you have to like like you kind of figure out like where you're gonna go because the, all the ships can do is like turn and all that. Yeah. Can they stop? I think they can. No, they I think can. They, even when they stop, they yeah. they, stop, they still move a little bit. The whole thing, yeah, yeah. They like drift a little bit. It's cool. It, mm -hmm. it feels exactly like what you think it would play like. Um, that's I should I should bust it out and play it again sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, now I've gotten lost again. Um, how does one age gracefully? Um, whatever I say is going to sound stupid when I'm sitting right here across the cliff, but um, eat your vegetables, be active. Um, and then drink lots of water and get, get plenty of sleep. Yeah. Stay curious and like take joy in small things. Like I lift up rocks for my kids to check out the worms underneath and like they love it. And I also genuinely love it. I got like a random woodpecker in my park outside that was like, this woodpecker is like pecking the tree. This is so cool. I'm going to go check this out. Like, I don't know. Try, try, do what you can to maintain a childlike joy about the world. You'll feel better for it. Yeah. Don't stop reading either. Um, oh, yeah. God. Reading is good. Always read. read. Always read. Uh, as a Dark Angels 
I think he's supposed to be as a Dark Angels player. Or maybe he's LARPing as an actual Dark Angel. I don't know. As a Dark Angel that has a limited collection as a slow planner, what are some core units you think would be useful to have ready for when the DA Codex drops? Um, I know there's a rumor of a Dark Angels refresh. I wish I... I wish I knew more about that. I don't have an NDA, so if I knew more, I'd be able to tell you more. Um, I would assume that all the iconic stuff would probably get a makeover. Um, but I would say right now, right now, like none of the meta armies like really need any like Dark Angel specific stuff, even if you run them as Dark Dark Angels. The only thing I've really seen is um, the Iron Storm detachment. With Redemptors and Whirlwinds, um, Talonmasters, sometimes Talonmasters, uh, Azrael, and a uh, Dark Shroud. Um, so, Deathly Knights are like one of those units that seem cool, but like they seem really good on paper. But like whenever I see them on the table, like they're they're they seem oppressive up until the point your opponent knows how to deal with them until they're not. So I would say, unless you really like the sculpt, um, you could probably safely sit out those in a while, even though that sculpt is fine. And it's hard, man. Just because I, I know that a refresh is coming, I just don't know the yeah. time frame or the scale that it's coming. Azrael is not going to get a new kit because he just got a new kit. So I know that's a safe purchase. Um, I don't really... I think they're I think they're slowly squatting land raiders. So I feel like the Talon Master's time is, is limited. So unless you're really just trying to like go out there and like win events, whatever, you could probably skip the Talon Master because I feel like Lance Speeder, right? Yeah. Yeah, in general, I feel like Lance anything Lance Speeder feels like a really dubious purchase. Yeah, they're going away. They're going away. Um Yeah, I would just I would honestly I would just stick to generic marine stuff and then like and then buy the new Primaris Azrael. Deathwing Knights are fine. That's it's a good sculpt. Um it's fine, but don't be surprised if like maybe a new sculpt comes out. Yeah. Um, but that scope that scope does hold up pretty well. Beyond that, I would just stick to like the generic space marine stuff in general. But yeah. anytime you buy space marines, like you have kind of like you kind of bought into just constantly buying kits. I'm sorry, I wish I could sugarcoat it, but that's just how it is. You could also get the new yeah. Terminator kit and just be ready to add like dive into your bits box or hit up your buddy that has a 3D printer or buy some random cloth and be ready to make those Deathwing Terminators. Yeah. Um, and that's and that, that's a good shout from Dorian in the chats. Uh, the Black yeah. Knights uh, will probably get refreshed. Uh, a Black Knight version of Outriders would be sick. It'd be sick. Um, yeah. So that'd be Please, cool. Yeah, Games Workshop. Yeah. Honestly, the only Dark Angel stuff I really feel safe buying would be Deathwing Knights because of the quality of the sculpt. Yeah. And Azrael. And then beyond that, I would I would just stick to generic generic marine stuff. Inceptors, uh, and, uh, Inceptors, Redemptors, Redemptors. Uh, Aggressors. I can't believe Warlands are still around. I can't believe that unit has got squatted. <laughs> Just stick around. Is that, that's a that's a first born unit. Yeah. Oh. Um. What is the smallest gift card amount you need to eat at Applebee's? Twenty dollars. <laughs> That's like that's like an entree. Man, we went to random random side note uh, years ago when my wife and I were still dating. We went to an app this Applebee's on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn to watch Monday Night Football, and walked in there expecting like, oh, it's Applebee's, can't be that pricey. Walked in, watched the game, got the check. It was like hundred and five dollars. I was like, what 
the fuck How just happened? You guys have? I mean, I like I'm relatively large, so I had I had a lot of drinks, but I was still like, like what? How? How did we? How did we get here? Applebee's on flash, the flash bang of the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're expecting to be in and out of there for like 60 bucks and like, yeah. like oh, man. it's like man i'm driving like an actual like this crazy i think it was no i'm thinking chilies i know chilies is the thing where like they do like the specials like they do they do like the the two for one margaritas and they do that they do that that combo where it's like an appetizer <laughs> and two entrees for like pretty cheap or whatever and i feel like if you just if you just get that combo and you just slam the bogo margaritas like you're, you're gonna be okay yeah yeah Call you're, gonna be drunk and you're gonna be full. You're gonna be full on shitty food and chips. But <laughs> you, you, you're the one that went to Chili's. You know why you're there. Um, it's no shame. Yeah, I want some. I want some upper middle class casual American dining <laughs> from a chain. Sure, from a Preston, chain. Will you be ruining Ennis's Atlanta experience? I think he's talking directly to you here because the edit regarding Ennis saying it'd be like two thousand pounds for him to bring the swarm list. <laughs> no, I'm not blowing two thousand pounds <laughs> to send in this with with Tyranid Swarm for Atlanta. Now, I, I mean, I the, the the finals, the finals in Atlanta, they're playing like Servo Skulls. So, I mean, like, I think yeah. you could probably, get, I think, you, yes, they are. I think you can get them to play something stupid for way cheaper, way cheaper. Uh, it, it's just like that event's gonna be so funny because it's just gonna be like. Just killers with like my, some of the most random shit. <laughs> my two, my two favorite things about Servo Skulls. One, just Justin Curtis put the at at the GW event, and and he does a lot of FAQs and stuff like that. He put this out there. He put this energy out to the universe. He straight up said, "You can move Servo Skulls off the map." <laughs> However, we were specifically not allowing it at GW Tampa. I'm like, and we were all just like, hold up. What that implies that you're allowing it somewhere else. So that energy is out there. If you sticky a servo skull, you get to play this game. Even if you get tabled, you get to play this game where like the the servo skulls are like trying to like avoid the opponent's army. Damn. Tim, <laughs> Tim, stop it! So the army's like, 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 just imagine like Death Guard, and they're like trying to chase down. They're moving like four or five inches, and they're trying to chase down these objectives that move six inches. And the objectives um, are like, whoop, whoop, whoop. yeah, that's you can actually be tabled, and you're still playing, but only with objectives. So that that's in your head now. That shit can't be right. <laughs> that's right. I'm telling you, man. That is, that's what if you if you. If you're gonna play servo schools, bring some sort of way to sticky objectives. Fun times will ensue. I can't. This is why I have so much respect for you guys that like take this that like go and play for real. Because like that's the kind of shit where like if that happened to me, if I, that was told to me to table. I was playing. I'd be like, I'm not. No. <laughs> Just no. Like I'm gonna. It's, is that it is, true? It is, so hilarious with world eaters because they just <laughs> die on it one CP. They just. <laughs> Like that turns into me like I'm gonna go get shots until I'm blackout drunk because there's no way that this is a real thing that's happening. Would you like anything, sir? It like, gets it, so it gets better because servo skulls 
the person whose turn it is, that's not who moves the objectives. It, they move every single turn, every single player turn, by whoever controls the objective. <laughs> Can you imagine showing up to like a professional basketball game? Like you go, you hit the stadium, you hit the NBA game, and suddenly for that game only, the rims just like are constantly moving between six and 12 <laughs> feet tall the whole game. And you're just like, what are we doing? Is this a carnival game? We're like, nah, man, this is the pros. This is how we do it. You're like, the fuck? What are you talking about? I would pay to watch that. I would, I, would, I, would, I would definitely pay more than zero dollars to watch that game. I too would like I too would pay to watch that game, but that is not how I would expect every single game at a high-level competition to be played. I'm sorry, uh, player world. So if world leaders weren't already in the most fun army, you could just be sitting on an objective, minding your own business, and in your opponent's turn, they blast you off the objective. You're like, okay, bet you die. You, you pay one CP. You stick your objective, and then you move it away from your opponent. That's on their turn. Cool. 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 <laughs> cool. Uh, Tom H. Ennis needs Waffle House in his life. Yes, but he um, specifically needs he needs 3 a.m. Waffle House in Atlanta in his life. Whew. Which may or may not also involve either observing or inadvertently participating in a fight. <laughs> oh my god! I I, I want to say I, as so, much as I want to encourage Janice to get in the fight, I also like don't want like a international grown, incident. Yeah, no. Grown grown adult humans should not be fighting each other. It's not a good thing. No, especially in a Waffle House 3M. That's how people get stabbed. <laughs> That's bad. Um, from Rickard, what are some of the things both you look at with selecting a new army? Rule, cool army mechanics. How many ten-inch or taller minis are present? All um, the above. all the above. <laughs> all the above. Uh, for me, it's a combo of aesthetics and playstyle, um, bonus points. If the army can be allied into another army that I play or I'm looking at playing. Um, yes. Um, playstyle ten inches or taller. Go 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 go. If I just also see an army that's like put up interesting, in, like interesting and fun looking lists over several editions, like that feels like a pretty safe, safe bet. You know, yeah. like if they, if an army, like if there was like one time of one edition where like someone made a cool list out of an army like that two editions ago and that was it, that's lightning in a bottle. That's not going to make me move. But it's like if every single edition this army has like a cool archetype, you know, that like, yeah, that's probably. Something and again, like what we, that last question we talked about. I think, I think armies that have the theme dialed in, safe those bet. tend to get like those tend to be like a safe bet and tend to get the green check mark for me. Um, yeah. Because whether they're good or not is really ephemeral. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Um, but if that if their theme is dialed in, then the rules are usually going to be good maybe not powerful but good yeah. and then they can just they're, they're always just a stroke of a pen away from being good at that point but if the rules if the rules are just unfocused and the theme is unfocused and looks like the it looks like someone got assigned to the book and doesn't know anything about the theme and not just lost, yeah they're just going to be like i said they're just going to throw darts they're going to be throwing darts at the board every single data slate and they're finally going to give up and just slash everything by 40 like by 40 percent the book's going to be good because it's undercosted. People are going to rush to buy it. It's going to be, it's going to get nerfed. 
and now people are going to all of a sudden their 2000 point army is going to be like 2700 points they're not going to give they're going to get rid of all that crap so that's what i look for just basically if the theme is dialed in and it resonates with me i wish i could make make it more tangible tangible than that but that's what i look for oh almost done we got like five questions left from Gabe C, recently got into GSC and it's been a huge swap from Chaos Knights. Aside oh, from boy. just banging out games, what have you guys done to help ease you into armies with totally different playstyles? Um, I try to look for games with like lower stakes, personally. Um, I will my first couple runs with the with a list. I will usually maybe play someone outside my normal play group you know like who's like maybe looking for a little bit more of a casual competitive game because that that is less pressure on me because if i'm playing against like a, a cold-blooded killer and i make a mistake a lot of times like these guys will just immediately close out the game and you know like even if they know i'm playing if i'm on like rep zero with an army like sometimes they just can't help it they're just like eh, you know press the button game's over you know, or something like that. Or you just, you, and you just don't really have that leeway to kind of like, to kind of fumble around, you know, and grind the gears with the army while you're trying to learn, while you're trying to learn stick. Um, or play someone with your play group, but like try to get them to bring an army that they have been wanting to try out for a while and is not one of their main armies, you know. Um, if they are normally like an Eldar player, or if they're normally like a Necron player, and you know they're going to be like super dialed in, and if you if they bring that, they're going to bring an army that they have like 20, 20 plus GT event games with. You're just going to get pasted, you know, while you're sitting there trying to like read your rules, figure out how all your stuff works, and fucking up your auras. They're going to be like, whoop whoop whoop, you lose. Um, even if they try to dial back, they just can't help it. Um, so that's what I would do: is just try to find ways to make those games lower stakes. RTTs are great for this. Um, I love RTTs for getting reps with games because with with armies that I'm trying to like get the hang of. Because for me, it's like lower stakes, you know. But it's very casual, competitive. So people are kind of like they're bringing their B plus game, I guess, which is right around where I'm trying to land. You know, I want some pressure. I want a little bit of pressure, a little bit of resistance, you know. But I also don't want to be like out there fighting for my life while I'm trying to like learn an army. Safe, safe place to make mistakes. That's it. I think you nailed it. Yep. Yeah. Safe place to make mistakes. <clears throat> um, Granny, how many bases in a mouth? Uh, I don't know, man. 20? <laughs> Again with the bases in the mouth. Maybe 160 mil, maybe two. Yeah. Final offer. Um, how do you deal with apprehension regarding hobbying a faction that's going to get nerfed? In his case, CSM, because he's got a GT in December. It's coming. Uh, it may be anxiety. It is coming. It may be anxiety brain not wanting to put time into something that may or not be good. Um, so he mentions he shouts out Death Watch here. Death Watch is a hobby black hole. I'm sorry, yeah. you do it right. It is, it is a hobby black hole. You will never finish it. Yeah. Um, so I think I think most Death Watch players have just kind of like made peace with that. Um, man, there's there's probably a service there where like if you own like a, a magnetized and hobby Death Watch army, like you can just do like when it's good, you just like rent it out to people. Rent it out. Yeah. Death Watch is um, Chaos Space Marines are what I kind of consider one of those legacy factions where they just have a deep, deep, deep roster, um, and. 
when they get nerfed, they don't ever really like go away. Uh, they would have to make, they would have to point so many things in that book out of existence and then fundamentally rewrite it to not make to 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 basically to crater that faction. Um, I think I think Mark and Nurgle is Mark and Nurgle Mark of Undivided is really doing a lot for that faction right now. Um, but I don't think they're going to rewrite the rules. Um, Forge Fiends are just kind of like, man, they just have like, they're just at a crossroads of like several different like universal rules and like keywords that just kind of like make them make those things sing. Um, but generally, I think just trying to think of like why you got into Chaos Space Marines in the first place. I mean, I think as long as you don't have like three or six of a single unit or kit, you know. I take that back. As long as you don't have something crazy, like 12, 12 obliterators and like three forge fiends or something like that, like you won't feel bad come December or January. You know, 15 chosen is shouldn't be something you regret painting. Like chosen are just one of those units that just kind of come around every couple months, every other year, whatever. Like they're just they're just kind of like not a staple, but like a staple adjacent unit. You know, same thing with like terminators, like Oh, I'm playing Chaos Space Marines, and I have ten Terminators, and they got nerfed. Do you feel sad? No, it's just it's just not their time. Um, don't try to when these balanced status slates and codexes come out and stuff like that, and they come out like you know every three months or like once a quarter or something like that. Don't try to fight the game developers. You know, like try to lean into whatever it is they're pushing. Think of it as like a season of like a video game, like a League of Legends or Diablo, or whatever. You're like, okay, well, this season they're trying to they're kind of they're trying to steer us towards mechanized armies. Okay, well, let's just lean into that. Our infantry is going to be on the shelf for a couple months. So let's let's pull out the dreadnoughts, let's pull out the tanks, let's pull out the demon engines, and let's see what we can do. Next season comes around. Now they want us to play like transports and infantry. Okay, let's pull it out and let's see what we got. Let's kind of like Throw some stuff at the wall. This stuff seems good. Let's kind of see what like the optimized kind of list they're pushing us towards. So instead of fighting, sorry, I hit my mic. Instead of fighting them, just try to like treat it as like a temporary season and like lean into whatever the theme of that season is. And in three months, it'll change again. That'd be yeah. my advice. Yeah, I think I think we'll just go back to the same thing we were saying when you're thinking about starting a new faction, which is like you got to be able to ask yourself all these questions. You can't make calls based on whether or not something is nerf uh, because through through the magic of all of the data tracking that like we and lots of other people provide, you can see who's gonna get nerfed and who's not in real time. And it doesn't necessarily like affect, that should not affect like whether or not you will enjoy the act of acquiring hobby enough and playing the models. Um, and God, yeah, GSC has such a large hobby lag, it's crazy. Um, and just be aware of like, given the time frame, given that we know for sure that there is a quarterly update to the game, via points or real rules, rewrites and updates. Um, you can also, as you're making these decisions about what to start, when to start and when to play it, like what is the time window within which you're operating? Like, do you think you can get it all like done, assembled, hobbied up and ready to put on the table in a month? Cool, that gives you two months to like enjoy whatever it is that you just did um, and then see where it lands after, uh, after any imbalance changes occur. Yeah, also like once, Within reason, you know, um, within 
within reason. Um, these models and these units you buy and paint and build and everything like that, it's not a train and you're like, whoops, you're too slow, you missed it. It's a it's a Ferris wheel, you know, <laughs> like you'll you'll get your chance again. You know, like the chosen, if chosen are, I don't think chosen, I'll be honest, I'd be surprised if chosen get hit. I think it's really the chaos lords that the chosen are carrying around. I think that would be what would get hit if I had to guess, but I don't know. Um, but let's say chosen get hit um, or whatever, or like a hit gets hit. When the codex comes out, which by the way, CSM codex drops next spring, it might just, it might just literally just bring them back again, you know, balanced out of like December. Oh, I'm sad. Codex drops in, I don't know, February. Oh, I'm happy again. You know, like, and now we also have options, you know, it's going to be like a playground, you know, let's, let's find what works, you know? Um, it's everyone. It's like when like a amusement park opens up the gates, like first thing and everyone like immediately runs to their favorite ride, you know, just get in there and have fun with it. Um, December LVO 20, LVO 2025. We might be with CSM at the top again. Like who knows? Like, and, but now you have that stuff ready because you built a collection, not an army. So it's just those those bigger factions or those more legacy factions, those are usually safe bets uh, to kind of be in for the long haul. All right. We have, I think, like two more questions from Bobby. Do you give yourself a budget when starting a new army? Um, I don't set a hard budget, but it's mostly just because of cliff and i have been doing this for a while so we kind of like know what our expectations are mm -hmm. um it's definitely not a bad idea to set a budget um i guess if i had to like actually throw a number out there i would say like to get an army up and off the ground out the door tax title and license um would be like 800 bucks you know, and that is a lot of money, but it's an expensive hobby, and it's not all at once. This is this is probably like spread out over like for me truly to get an army up and like ready. You know, would probably be a, like at least a three or four month kind of deal. You know, if I'm trying to like own this army long term, if it's short term, it's going to be like I get what I can and I borrow the rest because I got a vet coming up in like six weeks, like that sort of thing. Yeah, but um, but I'd say like typically. Typically, trying to keep an, a brand new army from scratch. You know, I don't owe anything. I'm, I don't come into this owning anything. I would say, like, if you can get a brand new army for under eight hundred bucks, that's what I consider like reasonable. Um, so I would say, yeah, in that sense, I set a budget. Yeah, I think it's I do less uh, budget for an army and more just an overall like budget for like frivolous expenditures and then within that like all right cool how much of this am i willing to dedicate to this specific hobby uh, and how much might not cindy and i um the way we do the finances is she is in charge of like long-term projects and like saving for long-term projects and stuff like that um i'm in charge of like the the week-to-week month-to-month like finances to keep my household running um and so basically we have we have like a set number for like I have a like she has a set number that she needs from me and from her for like all our future projects and savings and stuff like that. And then like I have a set number that I need for myself and her for like keeping the household running. Then 
so once that once that umbrella is taken care of below that i have um i have my retirement that i'm paying into and everything like that and then i have my own savings you know for emergencies you know like the car breaks down or um all of a sudden like we had to like my kid hurt himself we had to go to like emergency room and i have to like pay a bunch of stuff out of pocket or something like that whatever emergencies happen that kind of stuff um then within that i have like we're going we're going off like an adulthood speech here but <laughs> within that you know you have the budget like i have like you know groceries i have um my own personal bills i have um like gas that kind of stuff and then like deep down in there there is you know as long as it's not illegal there's like a, a set amount where it's just like cindy doesn't care what i spend it on you know like and then I don't really care either. It's like what you call it. It's like it's like frivolous purchases. As long as we're not like busting out of that, it doesn't really matter, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Because I've like I've taken care of the household, I've taken care of long-term projects, I've paid myself, I paid my future self for like via retirement. I have savings going on, I have all that kind of stuff. So like what an army could cost 20 grand. I mean, it's gonna take me with that kind of budget, it's gonna be take me like, you know, close to 20 years to collect it, but in that sense, I could afford it rather than setting a hard cap on the end of the army because I'm fitting within my budget. Yeah, that's that's, some boring, army, that's boring adult talk. Some some armies are definitely cheaper than others, and if that's your primary, if expense is your primary thing, it's worth knowing like how much two thousand points of workable army costs. Yep. Uh, from this question is definitely for Cliff uh, from Tom H. Is Wemby a better pro prospect than LeBron? That's a funny, so I think no, flat no, but that's not, it's not a crazy question to ask. He's enormously talented. Dude's like seven, three and has like a crossover into a pull-up three-pointer, which is insane. Um, I think he's probably already a top 10 defensive player in the league. Um, I think the issue that he faces is that like, he will need to gain 50 pounds in the next three years to be remotely competitive as a post player um and lebron came in to the league like 610 240 as like a 19 year old this guy this guy is listed as 209 pounds at seven foot four that is he, he's like i have i have very little doubt that i am stronger than he is and like that's wild to think about someone who's playing professional basketball um that which I mean, he's not, he's ridiculously gifted athletically, but like, there's of course, no but like when he gets when he gets like when he gets picked, does he just like die? Does he fly into the Raptors? Like, what yeah, happens, like, like Grant Williams was keeping him out of the out of the paint uh, during their game against Dallas. Like, it's just not. It's and Grant Williams was like six four, six five. He's like my size. It's just not workable. Um, yeah, I can totally see but, that. Is that guy is that is scared. way that is way too thin for that weight. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, – and yeah, LeBron is just like, we might not see another human being like LeBron James for another 20 years. Like, it's just – Yeah, just no, LeBron is, a, LeBron is a freaking nature, and I mean that, like, in the most complimentary way yeah. possible. It's the same shit as right, Shaq. Last, right? like, yeah, oh, yeah. Last question, unless someone sneaks one in in the uh, chat. Uh, from Richard, is it worth giving up my one game a week? Uh, for around a month to go to an RTT. I can't do both due to balancing commitments and spending time with my better half. Please. So I'm just wondering if potentially playing a few games against different armies, maybe better players could be a worthwhile experience in order to improve myself. Um, that's a great question. I will say that it is 
probably usually be a side grade. It'll also depend on how you're practicing. Um, if you are like, if your one game a week is a re-rack session and your opponent brought like maybe like multiple armies or multiple archetypes or something like that, then, and, and this is like an actual like workshop where it's kind of like you deploy your opponent immediately like shoots the crap out of you and you're like, ah, crap. And you're like, okay, that's an L immediately re-rack play you get to like round three and you're kind of like okay i made like a big error here on my go turn or i initiated wrong or i screened wrong whatever cool bet re-rack again you play a full game boom and like now you've essentially gotten like three games out of one and then the next week you show up again you guys bring the same armies but then you bring a different unit because you're like well i like this army except for this this last 200 points, I'm not sure. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, I want to test out both of these armies. So you're like, okay, sweet. And so you play, you play, uh, you set up, you play, you play to like game round three or whatever, and you kind of like figure it out. You're like, okay, cool. I think I've seen what I need to see. You re-rack, you swap in the other unit, you play again to like round two or round three, and you're kind of like, okay, now I know which unit I like more, or I think, I, I think I've seen enough. You re-rack, and then you you play the unit that you like better, and then he swaps in that second army, and then you play again. You've now played like six games in two weeks, and you've actually like really workshopped it or whatever. An RTT is not better than that. But if you're just playing like a game where you just meet up and you play your game, you play it out, blah blah blah. You, you bullshit a little bit afterwards, blah blah blah. And then the next next the next week you do the same thing, whatever. I think going to an event would actually, even if it's RTT, just start. Just I don't want to say just an RTT because it sounds dismissive, but people kind of there's this like energy in the air, even in like RTTs that you just can't recreate in a practice yeah. game. Um, and it's just like that tiny little bit of stress, you know, like right before pairings go live or when pairings go live, you know, or like right after you finish your game and you're in like that 15 minute break and that 15 minutes feels way too short, but also at the same time feels like an eternity. And you're like, oh, who am I going to get paired into? Do I like it? Do I have answers from this guy's doing really well? Or that list right there, I have no idea what it does. He's destroying people, you know, like, am I going to pair into him? That kind of stuff. Or the one match we're really trying to avoid. And, you know, and, like, people are shuffling around and, like, you're on a timer and you, like, you forgot something at your last table or, like, that that taco that you ate during lunch is not sitting quite right. And there's all these little stressors. Um, and playing that and then playing against opponents who are, like, kind of, like, a little, have a little bit of a sharper edge to them because they're playing on a clock or they're playing for competition even if it's a casual competition even though they're chill people just play differently at events you know they play a little bit sharper you know they're a little bit more on it um and that is actually a good skill a skill it's worth like getting reps with and practicing so i'd say normally it's like a side grade um like i said if you're doing true like no kidding workshops with the goal to get better for your practice games then no an rtt would not be better than that but if you're just showing up and you're just meeting a guy and you're playing a game, you're doing a little bit of feedback and then you're leaving, then I would just say just save it and just go play the RTT. Word. 10 out of 10, no notes. Cool. Um, I'm going to scroll through the chat real quick. Another long stream, but totally worth it, my guys. Looks like we covered everything. Did it. All right, man. Uh, we are going to, again, Cliff put out an 
he put out an awesome spreadsheet with like with uh, the pivot menus or drop down menus, whatever they're called, and everything like that. It's awesome. He's going to put it up in the show notes and he's going to post it in the Discord. We'll make it available to you guys for you to peruse at your leisure. Um, I hope that this has really been helpful with the Christmas box sets, reviewing the combat patrols for those factions, and then talking a little bit about how to buy and sell armies and how to kind of get stuff up and running and why, what mental headspace you should be in for changing factions wholesale. I hope this really helps. Um, Cliff, anything you want to you want to add? That's it. Thanks for joining us. Hit us up at uh, statnashcheck.com. Hit us up on Patreon. We're StatCheck. Hit us up on YouTube. We're StatCheck. <laughs> all the shows, all the things. Uh, join us in Discord. There's like tons of lists flying around, especially after the uh, Vibe Check League. We got like a 32 teams. How many teams are in there? It's no. I think it's like north of 30 teams. Yes. Just for Last time, I, yeah, it's we have. I think we have like at least five minute teams. So we're, I don't know, we're we're like 150 plus players right now. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's big teams tournament in the Discord. Lots of cool lists flying around. Um, it's just like a lot of good work in there happening. Come in, join us, have fun, learn how to play, get better. Look at all the ridiculous paint jobs in the hobby channel. Um, and yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, it's late, so I'm going to let you all go. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for staying up late, and we'll see you guys in the Discord. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.